Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome to Thursday afternoon. I am sitting here with Danny the Dork Knight. And uh, you are watching the podcast. No, you are not in an alternate timeline where someone, some Romulan, went back in time and stepped on a bug, which started an infinite loop of problems and eventually replaced Shane with Danny. Or maybe uh, a Klingon... Stolen Klingon vessel went back to San Francisco and stole some whales, which also started a butterfly event, which resulted in Danny being replacing Shane. No, that's not that's not what happened. It's okay. This is not an alternate timeline. Or nor is it the Mandela effect. Actually, Shane is out camping right now. And he does this every year. He goes camping. I don't know why. I don't want anyone would want to be away from technology for that long, but you know, to each their own. I'm turning off the volume on my phone right now because Adish calls that cosplaying as a homeless man. <laughs> what? Adish calls that cosplaying as a homeless person. Right. Yeah. Every, I don't don't quite understand it. Um, but I'll tell you this. Uh, he will be back next week. And in the meantime, we do have our good friend Danny the Dark Knight. Danny, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing uh, I'm doing swell. I'm, I'll be doing better uh, when I get my results a week from tomorrow of uh, this guy over here. But uh, what is that? I had a biopsy. Um, it's a uh, we don't know what it is yet. That's why the, the biopsy could be. Uh, hopefully, it's nothing. <clears throat> could could be uh, cancer. How did, how did your be... camera change so dramatically in the middle of my conversation with the audience? Oh, I have, uh, it's that NVIDIA broadcast. It does that auto tracking thing. Yeah. It follows you, me around. Can you just zoom turn out? That off? Yeah, turn that off. Yeah, okay. It stresses me out, bro. Sorry. Man. Anyways, welcome, my friends. This is Thursday. We are talking about Strange New Worlds, season two, episode four, and a couple other things. Uh, I did put a statement on the thumbnail Streaming killed the movie star, a la. Video killed the radio star, right? And I understand that there is some bad blood between Hollywood and fans, and there's other other problems with the system. But there has been such a dramatic uh, exodus away from movie theaters and live live events that there must be a correlation between streaming and um and movies and so we're going to talk about that today too um did you see last night's episode uh yeah <laughs> oh my gosh now your mic is all crazy uh-oh i got i gotta fix you i apologize it's okay all right talk testing one two three right, you testing. sound a little better that's okay all right all right how do i sound good you sound great yeah awesome yeah, so, yeah, last night's episode was actually pretty great. And before we go into the full review, I've got to say, um, I actually wasn't a fan of the episode, but I'm a fan that we did something science fiction. I'm a fan that we did something Star Trek, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't as entertained as I wanted to be, but the bar is set so low so far this season that just leaving space dock is enough for me to meet a chair, you know, <laughs> like the fact that, that first off it was centered around Pike. A that's we're in the right, we're in the right territory. We actually saw a strange new world. Great. 
and the story was, you know, science fiction. So, all right. Um, uh, what else do you want to talk about real quick before we go into the review? Because the review is a pretty long one. What do you got going on, man? Oh, uh, well, I just uh, I just hit uh, over 300 subscribers on my channel. Awesome. What's uh, the name of your channel? Uh, it's at Dork Knight LV. Uh, you know, so it's just YouTube.com slash at Dork Knight LV. We'll, we'll put that uh, in the description after here so anyone can see. Yeah, thanks. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing uh, reviewing Battlestar Galactica with a couple of my buddies on the channel on Wednesdays. Cool. Uh, it's my first watch uh, of it ever. Uh, really? So you're talking about yeah. the original or the no, no, the o, the the O four one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Never seen the original either. So yeah, well, yeah. So I know there. Uh, this might be blasphemous to people right now, but the original is almost unwatchable to me. Oh, really? Okay. It's because it's so cheesy. Like, so there's there's you know old and cheesy, and and it's adorable, but then there's old and cheesy and and low budget and they're taking it real serious and it's just very hard to watch for me um i understood i understand people's affinity for it you know sure but i am a straight up quality queen bro and when you uh when the quality is like you're like right now your camera is really low quality and it's stressing me out but i'm gonna i'm not gonna let it affect me oh i'm sorry man it's probably <laughs> my internet connection i've been getting that it's a lot all right. lately um yeah, yeah, the original, thank you, Big Worm says it here. The original was for the experience. It wasn't really enjoyable, but we respect it. That's exactly how I feel. I respect yeah. it 100%, but uh, I got almost no entertainment value out of it. Now, the, the, the 04 one. Dude, it's so good. Like, we're, yeah. I'm, I'm only in the middle of season two because we, we do watch-alongs where he, he puts it on his Patreon so people can watch our live reactions on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. And then on Wednesday, and we do that usually Saturday and or Sunday. Right. And then Wednesday we review uh, one episode. And I tell you what, it's so good. I, I can't believe I didn't watch it back in the day. The writing is so dense. Like the, there's no mystery boxes. There's nothing. Well, there is mystery all boxes. These, oh, you haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. I mean, well, there's, there there's just, Everything gets answered so far. You know, every question I have. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, just it's, wait. You'll go answer it. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything, but it does start off uh, <clears throat> pretty rock solid in that regard. But it certainly doesn't end uh, as rock solid. It has it has a great ending, but there's a lot of questions still left uh, when it finally – I can't believe I, I didn't even know I didn't have my hat on. So real quick before I go back, well, you, I'd say what though, man, no homo, but your, your hair was kind of on point. You didn't really <laughs> need the hat. Your hair was looking good. <laughs> Thanks. You know what's funny? I appreciate that. Um, uh, I actually went and got a haircut yesterday, and I fell asleep in the barber chair. <laughs> and uh, I've been working like around the clock. Um, I we've had so many problems. Like our last video came out. Mm. It's great. Video's great. I'm very happy with it. But I had to render it. 35 times i had to create 35 versions of the same video because, dear god right because there's these things called and you're gonna run into this if you're a creator on youtube you're gonna run into this uh -huh. there are people that are um claiming music and video and animation and stuff as copyright um illegally it's our music or it's Scott's like one of our one of our good friends Scott. It's his music. So it's either my music or it's Scott's music. 
I don't use other people's music. I either use mine or one of my teammates' music um, or, a, or a combination of the two music. Right. But because our <clears throat> channel is popular enough to, to make money on, um, there are like these overseas companies claiming parts of our music. Um, bro, like you remember our old videos that had that 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 intro uh, that came in was like dun, 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 right at the very beginning. Yeah. Okay, someone claimed that. <laughs> someone claimed that very specific sound that I made. Can anybody just claim anything? Apparently, like, you know? you, so you can copy the audio, copy it to a third party, like um, identity. I, I, you know, almost like a fingerprint uh, software that then attributes the music or the sound to you as the owner, and then you can claim it on YouTube. To make it worse, you can auto-claim it on YouTube, which means, remember, we have 150 videos with that intro, da da all getting claimed, right? Oh, my God. So I fixed that problem like a month, a couple months ago. It, it was I fixed it so quickly, it didn't even, you know, it was not even a blip in the radar. Mm. Um, when I found that it was claimed, I went and just counterclaimed it, and I and I showed that I I I create I you know I created six years ago, but this video that we put out this morning, which is doing well, you guys got to see it, it's about alternate timelines, had thirty five different renders because our entire uh, Scott's entire library is being hijacked by these people overseas. Oh my god! And so anything, anytime you use it. Anytime you use a single song or anything or a piece of it, they're trying to like claim the the videos. And uh, a video that claims is not really a big deal. Like we can we can fight it, but the problem is that it also throttles the video. And people don't understand this, but YouTube will not promote your video to your fans if they think that you're that you're you know showing copyright material. So even if you dispute it and you win that doesn't matter if only like five thousand people see it our last couple videos we put out guys very low numbers because they they all had copyrighted music and uh so yeah i was up all night doing that again and on on the same note i went to go for a jog this morning and uh i'm just running casually running right i'm actually holding my ankle right now for this purpose foreshadowing i'm casually running and I hate running. Like, I hate it, dude. But at one point, I was like 200 pounds with a four-pack. Right before the pandemic, I was feeling very good about my my uh, physical uh, body. Same same boat, man. I was in the same boat. Right. 90. Bro, I, I, used to be, I used to be 400 pounds six, seven years ago. And I lost a couple hundred pounds by doing keto and working out and just being, like, very diligent. You know how I did it. I had a heart attack. Oh, <laughs> I should try that. Don't recommend it. <laughs> no, and then what happened, bro, was uh, the pandemic. Uh, sorry, pandemic. I don't want to get in trouble. The pandemic happened. Okay, and my gym shut down. Um, the neighbors were like using apps to like complain when you were outside without your mask. And I was like, F it. I'm not going to go jogging. I'm not going to go to the gym. And I'm just going to order food on Uber Eats. And that's what I did. 
And I started eating pizza again. And I gained like 90 pounds back. And uh, it, it, it definitely, um, it's like, it's like uh, what's the word? It's like, it like ruins your self-esteem when you know where you can be, but you're such a lazy, fat asshole. You allow yourself to get back there, you know? I feel like you're talking to me, like, like, cause like, I, I mean, I didn't gain 90 pounds, I gained 50, but 50 is a grip of weight. Like I can't fit any of my suits anymore. Right. It's like when I, when I lost all that weight, I went, bought like 10 suits, you know, yeah. wanted to, you know, try to look good and, you know, and like shit, can't fit any of them now. Bro, so. me and my brother own a t-shirt company and, uh, um, I have to remind myself to not just steal shirts <laughs> because it got to the point where I was like, well, you know, every Thursday I got to, you know, I'm going to grab a shirt, but oh, this shirt doesn't fit anymore. Oh, this shirt doesn't fit anymore. Let me just walk over to mixed tees and just steal. No, no, can't, can't steal, can't steal a shirt. So the thing is I'm, I'm starting to run again and I'm eating right. And I'm running every morning and, uh, I'm about to, about to put a big uh, wet blanket on this running thing because I'm running across a field and the, the grass is even. I'm scanning ahead, but there's a hole in the grass. like a, a one-foot hole, and my ankle, my foot goes in that hole, bro, as I'm running. And it's the worst feeling when all of a sudden the ground isn't there. Um, and I knew in that split moment, like I knew. Like in that slow in slow motion, my brain was like, "You're so screwed right now." <laughs> like I knew it, I saw it coming. Be like, when my foot didn't feel the hard ground, I knew, God, this is gonna suck. And uh, I don't know if I broke it or sprained it or what, but I was like two miles away from my house, and I'm like, oh, pretty dude. much, like like literally like 15, 15 minutes away from the show start. I'm like two miles away. And I'm sitting in, it's not like a, it's not like an empty field. Like there's a, there's a, an abandoned field next to my house. Um, it's uh, the power plant uh, bought it and never built anything on it. So I, I run in there. Um, <laughs> Archmage is like, so Brian's just running through random fields now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so 15 minutes away, I'm probably two miles away. Cause I, I run like this three mile like I, you know this trip mm -hmm. and um and now i'm like i gotta i gotta crawl back home and do the show or i got a limp oh. and i'm like dude my ankle was like right now uh i'm restraining my voice because i'm in so much bloody pain which i'm just <laughs> waiting for it to subside it's, it's it's only been like 25 minutes or so it's been like you icing it at least you got yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I got oh, ice okay. on it but right. bro, I'm I'm sitting, I'm limping. I'm like using things to like grab onto, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and then I'm getting text messages from you. And I'm, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to add to your text. <laughs> okay. like, I just I didn't want to be the one late. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, and then I'm getting text. I'm getting uh, DMs from Vader uh, talking about Saturday, and I'm like, I, I just need to I just need to get home. I just need to get I just need to get home. It was oh, it, it was a harrowing experience, but I'm here now, and uh, drink away the pain, Brian. Yeah, that's that's literally the first thing I did when I got home. Like the very first thing was I took a shot and uh, and uh, ibuprofen. I don't. Yeah. So, anyways, that was my morning. Uh, I'm glad that you guys allowed me to 
express my mourning all over you today. I know I also missed PPH on Sunday. I'm a mess. I'm sorry. I'm a mess. I'm a disaster. Uh, I can't. Good, I can't get it together. But but I'm working on it. I promise. Um, there are a couple I'm things that... you didn't. I'm surprised you didn't uh, say anything about this this uh, the growth on my face because last time I saw you, I did not have this. What your beard? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I, I'm used to you with a beard. Oh, this is uh, this is about uh, eight weeks now. So like when my really? girl broke up with me, I was like, screw it, I'm not shaving anymore. Because well, the Hispanic she... girl broke up with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry moved... to hear that, bro. Yeah, she moved out a couple months ago. So I was like, and she she liked me clean shaven. So I was like, screw it, I'm just gonna let this thing grow. And the joke is, if you see me clean shaven, you can assume I got laid. <laughs> That's funny. Well, for, well uh, let me here. let me give you some uh, let me give you some unwanted, unasked for advice, my friend. Oh, yeah. First off, never change your appearance for anyone else. Um, that's the first like red flag is when they're like, mm -hmm. I want you to change the way you look. Screw mm -hmm. you. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you dated me the way I look now, then this is the way you're going to get, you can request things. Hey, can you put on this green paint? Sure. <laughs> How about red hair today? Okay. How about some weird cat ears? Whatever. You can request those things. I've requested those things multiple times, but the second you likes, you think someone should be different, even though you started dating them or married them one way, mm -hmm. you got to fix, you got to snip that, nip that in the bud real quick because that's going to become a major problem. That's my first, uh, my first part of my un unwarranted advice. The second part, you're a handsome dude. So what you should do, bro. Ready? Mm -hmm. Don't shave. Leave your beard, hit the gym, jog a little bit, and show uh, show anyone who left you why it was a bad idea. Yeah, That's no, I dig it, do. man. <clears throat> yeah. Now I'm about to have uh, surgery. I'll find out in two weeks uh, the exact date, but I'm getting uh, finally getting my right hip replaced. I had my left hip replaced in 2018, and uh, once once I get the right hip replaced, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong, man. After my uh, rehab and everything with that or, or physical therapy uh yeah i'm going back going back to the gym like i did before the pandemic hit yeah man let's um, just 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 get fit get swole um and never never slow down you know like i, I got this uh this mentality it's probably gonna kill me but i don't care the thing is i don't see a point in in resting I don't see a point in resting if, if you're not going to accomplish something but with the rest. A lot of people slow down and go, you know, I'm just taking it easy this month or this year. And like a body in motion stays in motion. Your brain in motion stays in motion. You got to, like, even if I'm not making money, I want to create something that has value, right? I want to have conversations that have value, that add something to the world, even if it's not public. If I'm, we're just like conversating you know, at a restaurant, like, mm -hmm. I just don't want it to be worthless. I don't want anything I do to be worthless. And it's this, it's this odd mentality that doesn't allow me to sleep too much, but I'm the same way. Sleep is the, uh, the evil cousin of death, man. Like I'll get enough yeah. sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> <It's> like, 
you know, like, like today, for example, I've only had a, Sorry. probably only slept like four hours. And that's usually like, if you look at my Fitbit, it's probably the most unhealthy thing ever, but that's, you know, I kind of just take naps, you know, like four hours here, right. three hours there, you know? Yeah. I take, um, yeah, I take naps too. Yeah. I, I I'll, I'll take like a couple of, a couple hours, uh, like at night, a couple hours in the day. Yeah. And I'm always busy, which is a problem. Like I do need to like take time off, but like even when I take time off, I want it to be effective in some way, you know? No, I feel you, man. Boulevard Jones uh, asks, <laughs> "Can you go see a doctor about your ankle?" I do not have health insurance, so uh, I if I go to the doctor, it's going to cost me some money. So if I do go to the doctor, if I have to go to the doctor, um, that is not a good thing. So I'm hoping that my ankle is fine in a few hours. Do some uh, get get one of those uh, voodoo Reiki doctors to just like you know do the little <laughs> Miyagi touch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So uh, before going to go into the review, let me guys show you how this works. I actually need to replace Christopher Mays from yes from last week, but we got the stream, uh, the Unleashed Hero top left, um, and I'm gonna explain how this works real quick to people who haven't been before. Bottom line is uh, when you super chat or you uh, uh, do members or or gifts or whatever, it knocks the current stream hero off and whoever is there the longest gets to spin the wheel at the end of the stream and let me reset it now because last week's um stream hero was uh christopher mays congratulations and all right it's back to podcast on leech so uh any super chats or whatever are going to and memberships are going to apply to that and what else oh and the the ticker that is well, that's actually last week's ticker. I didn't change it. Uh, I just realized that. I'm sorry. Um, but it's still pretty accurate. And I will change it uh, again. I will, I'll, I'll, update, I'll make sure to update that next week. But that's basically the top 10 people. Uh, well, for the last, I guess. I that see should, somehow my name is still in the top that sh- five. That should be reset because <laughs> we are. All right. So the, embarrassing. We're in a new month. Those should all be Those should all be zeroed out. My bad. I'm just gonna let it run. That's the last 30 days. Next JT, week, what's up, buddy? Next Thanks week we'll 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 do these we'll do these weeks. Hey, JT, JT Gun, late night with the cap. He says, Danny, it's good to see you. Thank you, JT. I think I got your message on Twitter, by the way. I did. I think I got your message about something. Oh yeah. I didn't respond yet because I was going to respond after the show, but you were asking about the store. Yes, I'm working on that, my dude. And uh, I will update you tomorrow. Um, I just got to deal with the Nerd Erotic store first. Because they asked first. All right. Um, all right. What do you, you got anything, bro? Well, I mean, I've been <clears throat> watching, um, you know, your reviews of the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm interested to see how today's discussion is going to go. Because surprisingly, you know, you and I usually kind of are on the same page. But... Uh, I've been loving this season and you haven't. And my favorite yeah. episode of TOS of all time uh, is City on the Edge of Forever. And I absolutely I actually gave last week's episode a nine. It's my highest rated uh, Strange New World episode out of the two seasons. I loved it. Um, yeah. So I don't know if, if my brain is broken, you know. If it, no, if it, you know what it is, bro? <laughs> um, when I first watched the screeners. Um, and if you can go back and look, you can look at what we did, like the, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
like the first impressions of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you look at my first impressions, they were all pretty positive. I was like, yeah, pretty positive, you know, pretty good plays. I'm liking this and this. The third episode, I literally said the third episode's the best episode. And then I rewatched them. Uh-huh. And boy, do they not apply on a rewatch. Because when you watch ahead and then you rewatch, you start to find all the problems. And um, this show is not a binge. It's not a bingeable show because there are, there needs to be time in between episodes um, for you to forget the, uh, you know, a lot of the details of the previous. And I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to be mean, but like if, if you remember all of the, all of the stuff from the previous episodes, it's going to make episodes going forward worse. Well, I, don't, I actually really think they're doing a really good job of, of, of it being episodic. Cause like, you could watch all of these episodes. I mean, except for maybe the trial episode, because you got to get Una back in the bridge. But, you know, it, it, like this episode could have easily been watched. Like, like there's no really particular order. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think anyway. Um, I don't know. But uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the problem. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be mean. Like, people, if people enjoy it, that's great. And I enjoyed it initially too, but the first episode actually drove me nuts. The fact that they got rid of Pike so quickly, and still yeah, he wasn't in like the first three episodes. Like this, we finally get Pike right. in this episode. The yeah. courtroom drama, which everyone else loved, I hated. I thought it was boring as f. Um, it probably should have been the first episode. I, I the, the fact that there just seems to be no actual travel time in this series. Like everyone just like instantly teleports to where they need to be. It drives me nuts. Um, this is, that's a simple editing problem. Like you need to just have establishing shots so you explain that 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 where you once were is not where you are anymore. Like you gotta, you have to do that. It's confusing when you don't do that, and well, it sounds like I'm nitpicking, but I'm nip. I'm only nitpicking because this is not a YouTube show. It's not like someone made this. You know, uh, this is not low budget, bro. This is oh, a, yeah. This is this, this is coming from Paramount Pictures. With, so you know, that geeky. That geeky Canuck who who does the show with me and Salty Trekker. So last week we're talking like he had a big problem with last week's episode because he didn't know how much time, you know, like, for, for example, like City on the Edge of Forever. We know that they're in the past for at least a couple months. Right. And he doesn't know. He's like, is it a day? Is it a week? And it's like he's like so he uh, he ran into that issue uh, last week. With and, that, that and, that, and that's the problem. If this is an editing issue, right? Yeah. Like there's moments in this uh the second episode where the music doesn't doesn't even change between scenes like he was once over here on a planet somewhere else and now he's back at space dock or on the enterprise the music stays the same there's no establishing shot it just shows him from one setting to the one setting to the next and it's it's honestly it's amateur as hell bro like I'm not a professional filmmaker. I don't. I wouldn't even call myself a, a professional editor, but um, but I, but I know enough to know why something's bothering me. And well, when man, I, wa- I, I tell you what, you you do good work. Like some of your documentaries, like shit, man, that's better than stuff I see on Netflix. You know what I mean? And I'm not just blowing oh, I, smoke up your ass. I appreciate like, that. No, I mean it, man. Especially I love that uh your um, Galaxy Quest one. You know. Like, All right, you guys, you guys, thanks. You I've been editing for a work. long time, but like I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like classically trained i didn't go to school for editing i went to school for uh, uh graphic design 
And um, I school of hard knocks. <laughs> yeah, and I went. Yeah, I went, I went to school for pay up. You, you yeah. slam pig. <laughs> um, no, but the thing is, like when I watch it, I know enough to know why it's bothering me, and it, that bothers me. The fact there's no travel time, there's no, there's no proper for the most part, there's no establishing shots. Um, it's just they just sort of uh, assume that you are from one place to the next instantly, and it drives me nuts. Um, I also. I don't like the long lingering shots. Um, there's long lingering shots on someone while someone else is talking. And that's also very, um, like it, it messes with my perception. Mm-hmm. You don't have a shot of someone who's listening to someone else speak while someone else is talking. And it's just, you. it's okay to have that if they're showing emotion. But during the courtroom drama, there were so many shots of Una just listening and it just stuff like that drives me nuts. Also, it was a boring episode. The third episode was more exciting, but um, when I realized that what that there were things they just they just ignored that were so obvious and so outlandishly important that they ignored, like it was because it's no big deal because like they're trying to sell, tell a story. So like, oh, the bomb on the bridge, the photon bomb on the bridge. Oh, it's cool. We both remember that. So let's move on. But wait, this is a bomb from the future that blew up a bridge in Canada. If you remember that, Leon, Leon that means that you're also in the wrong timeline. And I, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not Stephen Hawking. It doesn't require um, a genius to interpret that. But bro, if you are if you are remembering the same event as, as someone who is from an alternate timeline, and you've established that, and that event is not supposed to happen, then you should know right away that you are also in a wrong an alternate timeline. Well, the whole episode, I actually I really did like the episode, but it did have a lot of because I've watched it like three times. Khan is a kid yeah, he's, in like twenty twenty three, right? Yeah, that was like what he's supposed to be floating around in space right, right. now right and <laughs> like, so what yeah. they say is that a lot of people are saying that well they've always played fast and loose with the eugenic wars just because something's always been done doesn't mean it's okay there's there's no there's no fast and loose with canon like once you establish a canon you establish a story it's the definition of lazy to ignore what was previously written for convenience do you uh, do you know LDG? No, he's a okay. So he he likes to call the show "Strange New Canon." <laughs> well, I mean, it is now. Like we can enjoy it now. Yeah. At least they went out and completely said it was. Yeah. Um. But just because, uh, like, just because the studio or other previous shows played fast and loose with when Khan was and eugenic wars and World War Three, like that honestly doesn't matter. Like, if you're saying Voyager went, you know, at some point didn't uh, address eugenic wars. Okay, well, that was lazy. I love Voyager, but whoever wrote that episode made a mistake. That's it. That's it. They made a mistake. Because, like, in your book, in the book of Star Trek, that takes place then. Period. The end. If you ignore that because of for convenience, you're lazy. You're lazy. If you ignore a fact that's in your book to, to make your new chapter more uh, more convenient for you, then you are lazy. So even if the stuff that did happen to Voyager, look, you can criticize Voyager. I love Voyager. 
acting like, oh, if Voyager did it, then Strange New Worlds could do it. No, no. If Voyager did it, they, they was lazy then too. Yeah. If DS9 yeah. did it, it was lazy then too. If any, if any show breaks their established narrative for convenience, it's lazy. I can still like mm-hmm. it, but it's lazy. Yeah. So at the very least, we know now that this is in another timeline. That's great. I, I, I see this. I see this as a good thing because Strange New Worlds is saying, look, there's so much history to deal with that we're going to get it wrong. That, that, the way I'm looking at this is Akiva's like, bro, I, 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 don't, I don't know enough about Star Trek. So let's just like go back. We'll change something from like 1992. It's so far away from everything that we can get away with ripple changes and modific- modifications to make our lives easier. And we can explain it canonically in this very gray, this sort of gray, fuzzy area of the fact that everything, all the timetables are off because con. That's good. You know, I've always watched this show, and this is something that me and, uh, and Salty get into a, a lot on our shows. Um, I've always watched this thinking it's its own universe. Because if I try to, like, fit it into regular TOS canon, I, I see why people go mad trying to watch this show. It's just like... It doesn't fit. It doesn't add up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, it's a, I know it's sort of our job, I guess, to make it fit. Like, on, like, our main channel is pretty much like, let's explain Star Trek, right? Yeah. Um. But you, but you can't. Like, head cannon is fine to make it more enjoyable for people, but like. This, you know, at some point, creators have to actually give you solid information. Yeah. So, and I feel like we, we finally got that. And we finally got know. that. Now, yeah. what drove me nuts, and this is what drives me absolutely bat shirt crazy. By the way, you can curse, but you have to use good place rules. Okay. Fork, shirt, and birch. Okay. The frack are you talking about? There you go. So, <laughs> here's what drives me forking crazy. Like mother forking crazy. This shirt head, Akiva Goldsman, comes out and he goes, and it's in our video we put out this morning, and he wants to address the con thing. And the way he addresses it is so stupid. Instead of just saying, look, it's we've been here, you can't, you can't smoke on stream, you're killing me, bro. I'm going to get demonetized. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, Instead of coming out and saying, look, we have 70 years of canon to deal with. These new writers feel handcuffed or and or they're just lazy. We want we need to change change it up a little bit because, you know, it wasn't Akiva's idea to be in the past, but he's here. He's now he's doing this job, right? He it was his idea to strange new worlds, but it's only because they had already started with discovery. So I can see him going, look. We need to mod- we need to make a, a modification that allows us to canonically change things as we see fit. Um, now Shane would say, "Who the hell are you to think you can to, to 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 decide that?" But it's fine. But instead, he comes out with the the most ridiculous, stupid excuse ever. He's like, "Well, the eugenic wars didn't actually happen in real life." So we're going to push it forward so that we can see Star Trek as a possible future of, of, uh, of hope and utopia. And you're like, what? wait, what? 
What happens when? What happens when in in fifteen years when the eugenic words don't happen again? Do we just keep pushing it forward? What a stupid thing to say. Yeah, I, re- I read that somewhere, and I was like, dude. First of all, why does it doesn't need to match up with our reality? You know, anyway. No, you know, it's, it's fiction. fiction. It's a TV show. <laughs> like we're aware. We are. We are aware. It's a TV show. Okay. Look to to. To Paul's ancestors, uh, ancestors didn't come back uh, to and live in Kansas on a farm somewhere. Um, um, there's no agent uh, that saved the world from a nuclear bomb. There's no. There's a, there's a lot of things that didn't happen. That like, saying that you need to address the fact that eugenic wars didn't happen is like, oh, okay, are you going to address the other 500 things that also didn't happen in in the real world? Like, come on. That's such a stupid thing to say. Yeah. It, w- it wouldn't bother me if he was like, a, you know, a YouTuber or a critic. He's the showrunner, dude. He's yeah. an, an old man who, who knows a lot about uh, Star Trek. And he's he's in this position to create Star Trek. And this this is his thought process. It's really not a good look. Speaking of good looks, you got a super chat. <laughs> no money, G for ten dollars. Thank you, no money, G. Kurtzman Goldsman is nullifying old Trek canon in favor of their own new Trek BS. Some love that pile of poo. Teach their own. <laughs> have at it. Yeah, you know, for me, I think I don't. I don't love it or hate it. For me, it's more like at least it's confirmed. Because as as the guy making YouTube videos and having and having like these debates with Kadish and Robert Meyer Burnett and like so many people for all these years trying to explain that look it's obvious it's a hundred percent obvious that this, there's a soft reboot happening it's been mm-hmm. happening since Discovery it's 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 so clear to me that Discovery is a continuation of Enterprise. And not the rest of the series, not the rest of the of the franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, uh, Fuller is the one who started in a Discovery before he was fired, and mm-hmm. these people they were they they worked on the last season of, of Enterprise. They had him in the same blue jumpsuits as Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Like it was clearly a continuation of Enterprise, and not and not um, the rest of the franchise and Enterprise is great from I like Enterprise, but canonically there's some shenanigans going on. And they address that un, uh, really quickly um, with the, re, uh, the, re, uh, the regeneration episode and the fact that from season one, there were time travel shenanigans going on. And Jonathan Archer himself is literally in the, in the process of messing with time. He is the, he is the shadow man behind it all. Um, future Jonathan Archer. So they address that like, and that was a way for fans to be like, well, canonically, there might be some weird things going on because uh, this show is very is steeped in time travel, which was also its dem- ultimately its demise, its demise. Yeah, yeah. Now, you put out that video a while ago that I loved uh, where basically uh, First Contact created this branch timeline, which is yeah. why in Enterprise they found the Borg, and that just kind of changed everything. Yeah, the secret know? reboot. And here, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, actually, the, the idea... I I had that was part of my idea. Uh, uh, part of the idea was also from uh, Salty Trekker. Yeah. Um, so I always had the same idea that first contact wrecked 
the timeline and not on purpose just by leaving borg there right um and they showed that in enterprise and even before youtube like when i i remember first watching that episode like i'm literally like i'm like i think i'm what was i 20 when like 22 i'm watching this episode i'm like holy shit (laughs) everything is gonna be different like i need immediately i thought to myself like do they understand the ramifications of what they've shown us today? <laughs> because the the Federation finding Borg, you know, uh, in that era would be devastating to the timeline. Because they have this these this enemy now that left their technology on their planet, like there like there's an outpost to study the technology left there, and and then they couldn't even like they came to life made their own ship, sent a signal. Like, they didn't actually beat these guys. Like, they barely destroyed them before they can go to warp. You understand that, right? They already sent the the message. It's a massive issue for an organization like the Federation to have this species that showed up, they have the ability to to assimilate you, you make all your crap, they're way more, they're hundreds and hundreds of years advanced, so if you're the Federation and you just witnessed this, what is your very first thought? How do I protect myself? How do we protect ourselves from when this happens again? Get the greatest minds in here and study this tech. I want to know more about these nanites. I want to know how we get, get the same shielding. Like, remember, they had, they had shielding, the special shielding that the Enterprise wasn't even aware of, you know, when it was firing on. So here's the deal. The second that happens and, uh, you know, and the Federation or Starfleet goes into overdrive warrior mode, that's going to change everything from exploration into bigger ships, right? Um, more more advancements in uh, uh, traveling technology, you know, like the spore drive, which I hate, but, you know, but that would explain it, you know, mm-hmm. it would explain all these things. Um and I know they're never going to actually give us that, but to me, that's so obvious that I know it's not, it hasn't been, come, no one's came out and said, that's what, that's what happened. But to me, it's so obvious that the timeline branched from that moment, from the fourth season, whatever it was of enterprise, that that moment branched and come, and we are in that new branch. Cause what was the, what was the series we got when enterprise after enterprise ended? discovery we are in that branch like we so that's ready we watch tos the movies tng d space 9 voyager and then all of a sudden we go all the way back we go back to the nx01 right we're on the enterprise there's time travel shenanigans and new aliens that we weren't totally aware of but we're like it's fine because it's 100 years ago we maybe they went around and then we get to the episode that connects first contact, the first, you know, the first TNG movie to deal with time travel, the only TNG movie to deal with time travel, where the board go back in time. And this show that's happening hundreds and hundreds of years before is now, is actually, um, it's admitting that they're in the same universe and that these these Borg are part of that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's connecting himself to this movie. And they find the Borg 
in the Arctic. Right then, that's where it branched. So you, so we got to experience that first prime branch. Mm -hmm. We're now experiencing the second branch, and I'm going to call it. I don't want to call it the Borg branch because we we kicked the Borg's butt in this branch too, right? I'm assuming. <laughs> well, we don't have we don't we don't know we haven't even got there, have we? Yeah. I'm I'm calling it the Borg branch. Like we're in the prime branch, and now we're in the Borg branch, the branch where where Starfleet found adva highly advanced technology and and an and enemy that they are extremely afraid of, hundreds of years before they should have. That's the branch we're in. Um. And that, and to me, it's not a headcanon. To me, it's like, just follow the steps, dude. Like, right. just follow the steps. Like, it doesn't, that doesn't have to be, like, I don't feel like the showrunner needs to come out and say, yup, this is correct. No, but it's, it's just obvious. It's obvious that there are changes that were made. Like, it's obvious to me. Um, so I know that it was never actually officially announced. I don't care. It's, it's obvious that we're in, the, we're in this next, we're in this new branch. Now, what they do with the third episode is they go, we're in another branch. <laughs> they, they confirm it, but they confirm it in like the most lazy possible way. <laughs> God, they're like, yeah, like we, we've been trying to kill Khan and, um, you know, uh, time won't let us. Yeah, she's like, I've been here 30 years. Time keeps pushing back or something Such like a that, you know? Stupid thing to say. Oh, it's, so it's so dumb to me. Um, yeah. I, I don't understand that. Like, and Sh Shane says, "Oh, it's like that Stephen Stephen uh, King book." I'm like, "No, I'll tell you what it's like. It's lazy. It's just lazy. <laughs> it's just lazy. Like they couldn't, to, they couldn't uh... even give the chick ears, dude. She was wearing a beanie. You well, should have her hair covered her ears. You yeah, you should have she... had her lift her beanie and, and show her ears." Yeah. Why can't she have ears? Are you so broke you couldn't afford prosthetics? I don't get it. Wait, no, but for real though, like I want to ask Akiba, why does the Romulan not have ears? I know it's a nitpicky thing, but for the love of God, there I can I can afford those ears. We we can go down to the store, the costume store, and we can get some elf ears. And we can make them look like like Romulan ears. It's not that hard. And you work at a movie studio, Paramount. You work at Paramount Pictures. Oh my God! <laughs> it's not like it's a small outfit. Like this is not a YouTube video. Like we, we are we're criticizing uh, this Strange New Worlds. We've been so beaten and broken by by Star Trek that we're like, oh, this resembles Star Trek. It has the same sort of look and feel and uniforms, and it has graphics. Blah blah blah. And we're like, it's not bad, you know, and it's not bad. But we, we remember this is Paramount Pictures, the 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 company that birthed Star Trek, birthed it into the world. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of creatives. Akiva Goldsman is not a new guy. He's been around for a long time. There are people, professionals, that are getting paid a lot of money, big budgets to do this. How in the world do you not consider ears on the Romulan? All the writers in that room and not a single person's like, hey guys, you know, we need ears on the Romulan. It's, 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 you know, uh, I've totally, uh, 
I agree with JT. I love your passion. I have, I have totally missed this. Uh, I don't miss Vader's abuse because he would have picked on me for crying last oh week. But, uh, I, I'm loving, uh, I'm loving this. Uh, it just drives Andrew. me nuts, and bro. You got another super chat. Yeah, well, we're going to do the super chats in a second. One second. Okay, oh, okay sorry. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. I just want to get this, get this rant over with because it drives me nuts. In no way do I does I, do I hate Star Trek because I criticize it. Like, it's not. I criticize it because I forking love it. I mother forking yeah. love Star Trek. Um, there's a part in the video we had today where there's a character that tells another character, you watch Star Trek, I live it. You watch Star Trek. I live it. And maybe you do too. I have been watching Star Trek since I was six years old. Before I could understand things, I watched Star Trek. The things that I like more than Star Trek are only because Star Trek got me to a place where I couldn't... I can understand that love. Star Trek was my first love. I like Stargate more than Star Trek. Only because Star Trek prepared me for Stargate. You understand that? Like, I am in love with Star Trek. It is my first love. And I love everything about it. And I I, I criticize it so much because I love it so much. And I really do. I don't have the knowledge Robert Meyer Burnett does. That guy has like an eidetic memory. Like he literally remembers things from like 1987 that were written down on a napkin. <laughs> I don't understand how he does that. The guy's brain is it's just different than mine. So I'll forget characters' names or planets or ships or whatever. But I watched it and I enjoyed it and I loved it. And you can tell right away when you watch something and it's not quite right. And you'd be like, oh, this isn't quite right. Like something's, something's wrong. And the longer it stays in that sort of uncanny valley of being not quite right, the more upsetting it gets, right? As someone who loves the properties. So I criticize it because I love it. I criticize them not using Romulan ears on the Romulan because I love it. I criticize the fact that she glossed over the photon bomb being in her timeline because I love it. These, she's a professional. She's the security of the Enterprise. She's smart. She's an augment. She should understand immediately that a photon bomb shouldn't exist in this time. Period. And, and, and blowing up a bridge is enough to completely change time. That one, one event. And if there, so if there's that one event. There's got to be other events too. You, she should instantly know we're not just trying to get back my timeline. I'm also in the wrong timeline. The fact that she didn't address that at all is lazy. So I love Star Trek, so I criticize it. I love TV, so I criticize it. I criticize things because I love them. I don't do it for the money. I gotta be honest. Like, you know, in an entire month, Shane and I can make like 400 bucks <laughs> on this channel, and that's okay. It's not about that. It's not about the ads or the super chats or whatever. What it's about for us is being able to talk about things that we love. And I love TV. Like I love it. And I love, and Star Trek is what prepared me to love TV. I love stories. I love them. Like it's all I want to do. Like I genuinely don't want to do anything else. I want to get up. I want to get some food and I want to put, put, put a good TV show on. That's all I ever want to do. 
I'm the cheapest possible date. You want to take me out? Let's just go watch an old TV show that, that, that you feel passionate about. And then you, you can explain me as to why you're so passionate about it. And maybe I get on board. Um, it actually drives me nuts in my personal life. I can't seem to get that with my wife. I, my wife and I are perfect for each other in every way. There's one thing that drives me nuts is that I can't get her on the same page with me for any t TV show or movie. We just, we never enjoy the same things. Um, <laughs> coincidentally, I did get her to watch Strange New Worlds and she was like, oh, this is pretty good. I'm like, <laughs> oh man so like that that i love tv man i love it that's all i, I want to watch tv i want to watch movies um and i love star trek so we criticize it and that that's my that this whole setup is to explain why we're not criticizing because we hate it we're criticizing because we love it now there are bad actors out there who criticize star trek because it gets them views straight up that's a fact they won't even watch it but they'll criticize it because it gets them views. You know, I think that's dirty, disingenuous, but I, I'm not going to hate the, hate the player. I'll hate the game. And you know, that's the way it's set up. So I'm not mad at them, but I, but I'm not the same as them. Shay and I, Danny and I, we're not the same as them. Like if, if, if they're doing it to get, to get clicks and they're not even watching the stuff, then you as the, as the audience should recognize that immediately and like, stop giving them what their motivation is. Like, don't frequent them if they're not if they're not watching the show, yet they're criticizing it every week. Like, honestly, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you watching them? They're not even watching it, right? That's it. Um, but that's not us. The, what we are are we are lovers of this. Like, we we love it with a passion. It's literally like my, my first love, and um, so I nitpick it because I love it. I complain about it because I love it. I also, if you notice, when it was good, I I said it was good. When Picard season three was good, before anyone else did, Shane and I were on our boat in the middle of the of the raging sea, screaming at the top of our lungs, Picard's awesome. And and I'm glad and I'm glad you did because originally I wasn't going to watch. I was so burnt. Yeah, you so know. many people were off. Like, and <laughs> I, you know, you have no idea how many messages I got from like big YouTubers. Like, wait, for real? Is it good or what? I'm like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, trust me, it's good. Good. I went on. We went on a limb because we thought it was so good. Like, that's how much we love it. Like, we, we were going to live or die by Picard. Bottom line. Yeah. Like, hey, all right, if the community hates it, then we're screwed, and that's fine. We don't care. Um, but, but that's because we love it. And so, if we when we criticize Strange New Worlds right now, and before and in the future, it's because we love it. Um, that said, the whole time travel shenanigan thing, the alternate timeline, is uh, ultimately a good thing because it will allow to allow us to explain things. However, it's also going to make the the waters a lot more muddy when it comes to criticizing it because you're like, well maybe this person wasn't a Klingon in this time. You know, you don't even know. Like now there are changes that they like the, the whole, this whole thing was, it, it allowed them to be more lazy. We're going to, and, and even the response about why they did it was lazy. It's lazy. Um, in every way, in every way, it's just lazy. And, and that's okay. I can't control that. 
Um, but I do love Star Trek enough for me to continue watching it and to criticize what I can. But now, canonically, if something is not the same, or if it's off, or if there's an entire planet missing, um, honestly, there's no way for me to tell you if that's canonically correct. Because we're in an, we're not even in an alternate timeline. We're in an alternate timeline of an of a branch. We're in a we're in a an alternate timeline of a branch timeline of a different universe. Like, I'm not joking. Like, if you if you do the math, and I, I had this whole graph prepared for our video this morning, and I this this was this was me. I'm in After Effects, right? I'm like animating this. I had this huge graph, like this massive mm -hmm. graph where I explain every single thing from 1959 when Khan was born, everything that happened in Voyager, DSP, every kind of time travel instance that changed, right? And, I'm, and I got this whole thing, and now I'm going to animate it. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and I start animating the first line. That first line is going to take me all the way to 20, 20, uh, to 2246 20, or whatever. Five, I'm sorry, 2259. And I'm about to get to, to 2259. And I'm realizing this is going to take me six hours. <laughs> like I made the physical graph and now I'm going to animate it. And I'm, I'm just that line. I'm like, click, 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 copy, stroke, fill, click. I looked at my, I looked at my screen. I looked at my clock. And I just scribbled on the screen. And I hit render. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you look at the timeline, it's just scribbling render. So it's like, well, yeah, so the timeline starts to go out and then it just stops and it's just like, because <laughs> I just, it's just too much work, man. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll get to the review from Boulevard Jones for $3.01. Thank you, Boulevard Jones. Maze loves time travel shenanigans. You talking about Christopher Maze? You know, it's funny. It's like I also like time travel, and I also hate time travel. Like I, I hate it, and I love it. And um, it's because when it's done right, oh man, is it right? But when it's done wrong, oh man, is it wrong? It's really like it's a really it's a, a time travel movie or TV show is such a risky investment in your time because you're like, whoo, yeah, you're either getting flamingon or you're getting uh you know uh crap on a stick, you know. Yeah. All right, from Christopher Mays for ten dollars. Oh yeah, look at this, Brian. I already told you I expect a full full flow chart of all those time travel shenanigans and alternate realities. You must map this out for us. Only you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, Chris. He was just talking about Yeah, it. it's funny. Uh, so I do have uh, an initial, an initial uh, flow chart just like that, all laid out. And uh, I purposely did not animate it because it's too much work. But maybe I'll do it. You know what? Um, and for Gavin Blackburn, Gavin Blackburn for 99 cents. Thank you, Gavin. Appreciate it. We also had someone gave 10 podcast memberships. My God, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. My mom got one of those, so I know she appreciated that. So oh, thanks. Penny got one again, too? 
So yeah, Penny, yeah. Penny's actually gotten a membership like uh, twice now, I think. Right on. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, good job. So Penny's going to be able to join us again this month. Christopher Mays. I got another one for $5. First off, Chris, thank you for the 10 memberships. It means a lot to, I'm sure, the people that, mem- that got the memberships and to us. Um, he also says, who would win in a fight? Kirk or Jack O'Neill? Ooh, that's hard, bro. Because, like, I don't think Kirk is really a good fighter, per se. But I do think that he's a strategist. Like, he strategically understands the situation he's in, right? Um, or at least the, the you know, the Kirk that we're, the, the Kirk that we know. Like, the character of Kirk. Not William Shatner, whoever, whoever's playing Kirk. That character. Mm-hmm is a strategist like they understand strategically what needs to happen in order for the best outcome for them on the other hand jack o'neill has like this superpower that i don't know if everyone's aware of i'm gonna call it luck it's he's almost like that character domino from from deadpool or the comics Mm-hmm. He just seems to always get lucky. Where other people fail, he can just sort of swagger his way. And he's, he has skill, and he's smart, and he picks the right team. But he also has this sort of ability to always come out on top. Like, I don't know how many situations... And, and the, 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 you know, Brad Wright's an amazing writer, and so is Joe Malazzi. So they, they're, they're able to explain logically how he gets out of situations but it usually and it makes sense canonically but considering the character jack o'neill should have died like at least eight times in the first three seasons of stargate sg1 um okay by the time by the time stargate sg1 ends that character should have been killed at least 15 times the one character that shouldn't have died five times was daniel jackson and he did um, a couple of times, he was put in jeopardy because of Jack O'Neill. So something is going on with Jack O'Neill, and I know this, this is my headcanon. He is has this ability to sort of just always win. And even in insurmountable odds, like he's against the... In- oh, he's against the entire Gould fleet? Oh, cool. I We found the city of Atlantis. Oh, wait. Daniel was wrong. It's not the city. It's an outpost that will lead to Atlantis. Oh, no, we're screwed. Oh, but let me just... I, I My head got stuck in this thing, and now I'm an ancient, and I can control the ancient chair and save the world. Look, it's, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to watch Stargate one of these days, so I can... You, you haven't know. seen Stargate? I haven't watched any of it. My mom gives me grief about it, because she loves it. She's like, you know... Bro. Yeah. No, for real? We, You and I need to do a Stargate watch-through. Right. Like yeah, I'm not joking. I mean, you would love it. You would love it. It is. It's got. It's got all the energy that you love in in these in these good TV shows. Like if you think Battlestar is good, SG One blows it out of the water, dude. Oh wow! All right. SG One is right. way better show than Battlestar. I love Battlestar, but Battlestar is so it's so self contained that it doesn't feel like there's there's very little exploration going on. Everything is a sort of a self contained inter sort of interceptional kind of thing. And it's fine, but it's not as entertaining as SG-1. Not by a long shot. SG-1 builds out this world that is so fascinating and so rich that you just can't, you can't help but click on the next episode. So that's my, that's my answer, Christopher Mays. 
I think that Jack O'Neill uh, might win. Not because he's better. I think Kirk is better at his job. But I think Jack O'Neill is lucky. That's me. So I'm going to gonna guess Jack is uh, MacGyver. The guy yeah, MacGyver. MacGyver. Richard Dean okay. Anderson. Okay, yeah. So uh, you saw the movie as Stargate, right? With Kurt Russell? Yeah, I've seen yeah. the movie. Okay, you know. so the show is a continuation of the movie. What happens is basically the Stargate has been shut down. Um, and Kurt, you know, Jack O'Neill, which is the Kurt Russell character, also Richard okay. Hansen, basically tells Daniel, who stays behind on the planet. So in the movie, remember, he stays behind with his new wife, Cherie, right? Mm-hmm. He says, bury the gate when we leave. The movie is actually very definitively ending. Like, they're like, look, we're going to bury the gate again. So no one can come back to this planet. From But the per- perception of the audience, we have a Stargate on Earth that takes us to a Stargate on this other planet that resembles ancient times. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. But the show goes, ready? What if there are Stargates everywhere? And there are thousands of planets that, you start, that, that a Stargate can go to if you have the right address. So when they buried their gate, they unbury it because Daniel Jackson in his time there finds a, a room full of Stargate addresses. And he realizes, and this is, this, this is not actually canonical, like, this is my headcanon, but he right. realizes that there's, there's something else going on. There's an entire room full of Stargate addresses. And, and so basically the show picks up after the movie and like a year later, the Stargate comes to life, right? And a, cre- a, uh, a creature comes out of this, you know, a creature, a old comes out of the Stargate and kidnaps some, some soldier, some, some blonde lady that was sitting there playing cards in the empty Stargate room. And us humans, we just think that it only goes to Abydos. We don't know about the other Stargates. So we go, well, if, it, if it's only Abydos, that means they probably came from Abydos. Let's go, let's go deal with this problem. So we, we dial up Abydos and we get a connection. So initially we go, okay, well, so our worries are founded. Daniel must have unburied the gate or they, or they always dead. And, you know, and now this problem is, has coming back up on Abydos. Well, the government thought that Jack O'Neill had, had detonated the, the bomb and that this problem was, was not a problem anymore. In reality, he had blown up Rod's ship and left the people alone. So now they bring back in Jack O'Neill, like, explain yourself. He explains that they, that the people were cool, they left him there. So he has to get a whole crew together to go through the gate to Abydos and figure out what's going on. When they get there, they connect with, with Daniel, and Daniel shows him the room. And one of the characters that is with them, Sam, uh, Samantha Carter, uh, figures out pretty quickly that there's more than two gates. There's actually thousands of gates, hundreds of thousands of gates on all these different planets. And the reason why we couldn't get another connection, even though we tried hundreds of thousands of permeations, was because of something called stellar drift. So these addresses are correct, but you have to account for stellar drift over a million years. Oh, is that kind of like in the dial of dysentery where uh, the Nazi guy didn't account for the uh, continental shifts? Right. uh... It's like that, but it made more sense. (laughs) So basically she had, she had, you know, entropy is a real thing. Like the the planets are expanding around us all the time. That's a, that's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, the earth, our orbit and everything sort of changes very slowly over, over massive amounts of time. So she accounts for stellar drift or entropy or whatever it was. 
and they can lock on to other people and they lock on to the address where uh, this new Guaul is and they go to rescue and the whole thing starts off that way. And then from there, pretty much every episode is them, you know, uh, going to another planet, dealing on the problem and it starts to build the world out. It's episodic, but at the same time, it's also serialized. It's building a story under a story and the chapters are the episodes and there's an end a beginning and an end every chapter but it's continuing the the mythos forward it's really quite beautiful the way it does it yeah and, and, and there's like like seven or eight different shows right something like that three there's just three? Oh, okay yeah there's stargate sg1 and then uh, around uh, season seven or eight they split off and um they finally find atlantis cuz like so the whole time daniel is actually looking for um, Atlantis, because he has this theory that Atlantis was one of the gate addresses. That's initially he thinks that there's too much evidence of Atlantis for there not to be an Atlantis, but it's not here on Earth. So his mind is like, well, it must be a Stargate address. Well, he figures out that it's a, it's a lot more than that, but he's technically is right. He finds the address and they go to Atlantis, but it's so far away that it's a one-way trip. <clears throat> so they only have enough power to open the gate from our end, but, but they're not going to have enough power to open the gate back to Earth because it's an, it's an eight um, uh, an eight symbol address. So it's another galaxy or solar system or whatever. I forgot exactly mm-hmm. what it was. But um, yeah, so they take uh, so it takes them to Atlantis and they have this whole expedition there. And there's there's faces that we recognize. They they did it right because they took faces that we already had seen before, you know, that were sort of supporting cast members, but people liked them and they made them permanent cast members on Atlantis. And this is why it's such a great spinoff. They did they introduced a few new characters for sure. Um, there was plenty of characters introduced that were new, but there was such a strong base of supporting actors and characters that were literally just moved to the new show that you already understood their character. You didn't have to fall in love with them, a character or understand their motivations or their quirks. Like you already understood them over the last eight seasons of Stargate SG one, but now they're in this whole new setting and they have, they have a, there's a few new characters. So it's like half the work was already done. When you get to Atlantis, I don't even call it a spinoff for me. It's just a, um, I know it is a spinoff, but for me, it's more like, a continuation of Stargate. That's all it is. It's, it's such a seamless transition, in my opinion. Which is why I didn't like Stargate Universe. Stargate Universe was the opposite of a seamless transition. Had the, had a very similar <laughs> premise. Where they, they have to dial like a nine symbol address. Which is going to take them like even farther than Atlantis. And they have to use like a planet that is like made out of Nequadria to get there. And at some point, the planet's going to explode because they tapped it too hard or something sort of silly. And they dial the gate to get away and, and, and live. But instead of dying Earth, one of the a-holes there dials the nine-symbol address. And they all go through. So there's a ton of people that weren't supposed to be there, that don't want to be there, that were hoodwinked into being there. And now they're on this ship traveling, you know, on for on crazy distances and this ship is basically a gate ship where it 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 seeds planets with gates and it's been there for like millions of years and it's a really cool concept but the way it started for me 
was literally the opposite of seamless. It was so jarring that it was very hard for me to get away from the fact that half the people on this expedition didn't want to be there and were hoodwinked into being there by a character you're supposed to like. And I can never like that character because I, I recognize pretty instantly that he's a bad guy. And, and, yeah, and this is the universe one you're talking about? Universe. Universe. And okay. it's very difficult for me to get on board because it's like, obviously this guy is a bad guy. And they try to make him look good. He's, it's, I just couldn't get into it. I did like the Eli character. Um, I did. I, I liked him. Like He was basically us. He was the Stargate nerd that got a chance to be on the team. <laughs> um, but it just felt sort of jarring. Like the way they set it up was so jarring and unpredictable. And, and they tried to, and the reason they did this, bro, was because Battlestar Galactica was so successful. They were trying to pivot into a Battlestar Galactica type of show. Okay. So they go, let's take Stargate and let's put it on a ship like Battlestar, a broken down, you know, old broken down ship. And let's have this like gritty shaking camera effect, just like Battlestar. And that's, that's basically, it's Stargate colon space Battlestar Galactica. That's what it was. <laughs> and they want to switch it up. I get I understand why. Like Brad Wright had made Stargate for like 20 years at this point, right? He was where he worked on the movie and he's just like making Stargate for so long. He's like, if I if they want me to do a third show, I got I'm gonna change it up. I want to do something new. It was just too new. And there are people that love it. And then and, and, and in no way am I taking that away from you. I I own the entire uh Blu-ray set of, of SGU, SGU. But it's certainly the worst of the three series, in my opinion. That was, yeah, a, long, well, that yeah. was a long conversation about this one super chat. Damn, Chris. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Arkham's phrase funny. He's like, uh, anything to not talk about this episode <laughs> of Star Trek. That's that's. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Am I stalling a little bit? <laughs> not intentionally. <laughs> From not banned account for Dar 99, does Strange New World time travel mean TOS is no longer canon? Okay. <laughs> Let me explain. Yes and no. <laughs> Canonically, TOS exists. However, at some point, we as the audience were moved to a different branch of that tree. A branch that when you go back no longer resembles the same branch we were we used to be on. So we as the audience were on how do I explain this here? I'm looking around. All right, I got four cell phones here, ready? Right? So we go. This is the prime timeline. Put that down. This is the timeline where Khan was never born. This is... Oh, I gotta charge this. This is the, the timeline. Um, this is the 2009 timeline. That's why it's broken on the back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and this this right here is the timeline we're all watching. Now, here's, here's what happens is... We have these three timelines. The one that started with TOS. And... Um, the when they, they really sort of mess up with the movies when they made like an alternate universe that really shouldn't that shouldn't be the way it is because Star Trek is a prime timeline which means there's there can be mirror universes but the timeline 
changes like Back to the Future. There's one timeline and changes to the timeline changes the timeline. There really isn't alternate timelines. They're just timelines that were so changed so drastically that they're almost unrecognizable now to what they used to be. But Star Trek doesn't does definitely operate as a prime timeline. I know they're trying to change that because it makes it more interesting and it allows them to be more lazy. But canonically, Star Trek has always been a prime timeline. In in um in the Gateway uh uh, what's the what's the name of that episode? TOS episode where they go back in time? Bones? Uh, Guardian on the Edge yeah. of Forever or, or City on the Edge of Forever? City on the, the, the City on the Edge of Forever. When they go through the Guardian and he changes time, time changes around them. Right? Mm-hmm. Why is that happening? Because there is one timeline. If if there were alternate, if it was a branch system, then him changing something wouldn't actually affect them, would it? It would just create another branch. Mm-hmm. I hate that I, the idea of the multiverse. I think it's like the most laziest thing possible you can do because it allows you to have every version of everything you need and want. It's like, hey, writer, here's your toolkit. Everything's free. I see the way I look at multiverse is like, have you ever, have you ever played like Minecraft? Oh, my son plays it, but I have been. In Minecraft, there's like an edit mode where everything's free. You don't have to get resources. You can just do whatever you want. Basically, I see multiverses as as the god mode of video games. You can do whatever you want. Like it's you know what it is? Multiverse in a in a story is the Konami code, bro. It's A B A B down up down up down left right select start. It's you going. I want to play these video games, but I want to have as many lives as I want. It's cheating. That's what it is. Because if if you use time travel and there's a prime timeline, then it's not, then you have to like actually pay attention to what you're writing. A la Terry Metalis. 12 Monkeys is one of the greatest time travel shows of all time. It is so, he has a literal Bible where everything's <laughs> written out. Everything is specific and everything is hyperlinked to the point where when you, when you watch Picard season three, remember what I told you in that first, that first episode, like, dude, Pay attention to everything in this scene. Mm-hmm. Everything is connected. The guy has this like uncanny ability to connect everything to everything else. When you have an alternate, when you have like a multiverse, you don't have to do that. Because it doesn't matter if you make a new branch. And Marvel tried to address this. At some point, someone with a brain at Marvel was like, yo, we can't do this multiverse thing, dude. Um, let's 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 do Loki, and we'll have the TVA snipping off the branch timelines. Someone else over there hit that guy in the head, dragged him out to a car, shot him in the face, went back inside, <laughs> and told Kevin Feige that he knows about the pictures uh, of him last summer blowing some guy on a boat. And there, and he's like, "We're gonna make, we're gonna open up this multiverse thing, open it up wide." That's what happened. Like so at some point they tried to 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 nip this in the bud, but they instead they just they just doubled and tripled down on it. Now, so I have these four phones are sitting here, right? Here's what happens, ready? We don't want to use that one. It's too white. That one. It's too too shiny. Oh, but this one right here. This one fits my hand. Oh, wait, there's a flaw. I'm just going to go with that one instead. 
Now imagine if there's like an unlimited amount of timelines for you to choose from. And you can at will make up whatever you want, whenever you want. That's pretty much what it is. So no, no, we, we're in it. We're, my friend, it's not no longer canon, but in the branch that we're on, we haven't seen it yet. That's basically the answer. We don't know what TOS is going to look like. We haven't seen TOS in this alternate timeline or this branch, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen TOS. We have literally no idea what actually happened. We have a general idea based on what we saw in another timeline, but we haven't seen this version of TOS yet. We don't know. Is, is Does Pike even die? We don't know. The fact that Discovery allowed him to see his own death, that has to change the history a little bit, dude. Yeah. No, I've been saying that was Salty Trekker the whole time. Like, uh, And I actually like, I don't want this Pike to die. At least not like that. Right. <laughs> you know? This is the, I, I, you ever have one of these phones? It's indestructible. No, I, I can't make it's, it out. What yeah, is it's, called, it's called a tough phone. So like, they, they, this is back in the day, they used to take these Galaxy phones and you can send them to this service that literally just made them indestructible. That's like 150 oh. bucks. But, and it's not, it made it like three times heavier than it should. But I can throw this thing, I can throw it 50 feet down the road, nothing will happen. Right on. Um, yeah, they're out of business now. All right, what else? <laughs> oh, JT, do you have a Stargate channel or just the videos? Yeah, just the videos, bro. So we do a lot of Star Trek stuff, but we the reason why we haven't made Stargate stuff is because Stargate's not happening. You know, we actually have a video that we we've been working on for the last month. Is <laughs> we're gonna I'm trying, I promise we're gonna get the review. So this video we're working on is a Stargate video about what's going on. And here's the problem. It's it's complicated. We know things that other people don't know, that other people don't know. Um, we have connections to people that we don't know if they're telling us the truth all the time. We don't know even what we're allowed to say publicly sometimes. Like we'll have conversations with people that know things that we're not supposed to know, but they're friends with us, so they'll they'll give us the insight, but we don't know if we're allowed to actually, if, if we talk about things, it might hurt them um, and ruin it our might friendship. hurt your relate. Yeah, like that's, God, man, that's got to be a, a difficult tightrope sometimes. Cause... Right, and then there's also things that we are told and we honestly, honest to God, don't know if it's actual, actually real or not. Um. There are people that have told us things that were just lies. And when <clears throat> when a source lies to you, it's very difficult for you to go back and trust that, that source again. Even when they give, they give you something as juicy as, Stargate's coming to Comic-Con this year. And that, that was one of the tips we got. Um, and then <laughs> that's why a couple weeks ago, when I showed you guys that 4chan post, like someone had already told us about that. And then we saw the, the post and we're like, oh. So it's probably true. But Shane had a good point. Or it's probably the same dickhead. <laughs> He's just lying. <laughs> you know? And there's, there'd be yeah. no way for us to know. But on that news, <clears throat> so I did put out a post and I said basically, 
Um, we've heard the news of the new movie and or TV show circulating. Um, our silence, our silence on the matter is not a good thing or a bad thing. It's more of a, like, we have to be 100% about, we need to at least believe that we are correct 100%. We could be wrong on things, but like, we have to believe that we're right. So we reached out to people. We've had conversations with people. We've had long conversations. And there are some, some things we're just not allowed to say. Um, and no one can really get on the same picture. So we started working on a video a few weeks ago. Shane's in the middle of writing it right now. And we're, gonna, we're basically going to make an update video for Stargate. We're going to explain everything we're allowed to talk about. And everything we're not allowed to talk about is not going to be in it. That's it. And hopefully it will give you a better idea of the forecast for Stargate. If I'm being honest, you know, I think maybe Amazon buying Stargate was not a good idea. I think it might hurt us. That's my opinion. Well, hey, before we get into the, the review, I'm going to get a quick refill on my soda, if that's okay. And I think you got a couple more Super Chats anyway, so I'll be yeah. right back. Yeah, the thing about... I, I, you know, go ahead, go ahead, Brene. Okay. Um, the thing about the Amazon thing with Stargate is it's actually initially I like the fact that Amazon bought MGM, but I don't think Amazon actually knows what they have. They know enough to set someone up to write for it. They know enough to set up an MGM plus streaming service. And they know enough to hire a writer um, uh, to create a, a new season of Stargate. But they don't know enough to hire Brad Wright. They don't know enough to hire Joe Malazzi. They don't know enough to give it a proper budget. Um, instead, they're like, well, um, we're thinking uh, an eight series, that's an eight, eight episode uh, series and a million dollars an episode. That sounds like a lot of money. Because it is to poor people like us. But let me tell you something. To, when you're making a TV show, any TV show, but very specifically a science fiction show, that is so little money, it's unbelievable how little of money that is. That's not enough. Like, effects cost more than that. Like, things cost money. Like, out of, out of a million dollars, you're, talking, you're looking at uh, half that going to cast and crew. Not effects, not props, not building. They have to build everything again. It's going to cost a fortune. Well, Amazon, when the writer came back and said, there's no way I can write this with that low of a budget, Amazon basically put it on hold. On the same note, they made the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power show for like a billion dollars. So you're going to give that a thousand million dollars, but you only wanted to give Stargate eight million bucks. Anyone realizing that you know you know how much a billion dollar is, you guys? A billion dollars is a thousand million. That's a lot of money. So Amazon was like, "Hey, rings of power guy, guys that have no credentials whatsoever. They've never made anything of value at all. Not even sure how they got in the room." Just a couple of random college guys that walked in and were like, we know a lot about Lord of the Rings. We can speak Elvish. Give us the job. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, guys, no problem. Here's a billion dollars. 
to go make what you want with this unproven crew, unproven uh, <laughs> everything. But then the guy, the guys who made the expanse are like, we want to make Stargate. And they're like, here's eight, here's eight million bucks. Good luck. Oh, wow. The guys who made Expanse want to do new right. Stargate. That'll be good. That'll probably right. be good. Except for yeah. the budget is so low, bro. $8 million yeah. is not enough for a season of TV. So there's just not enough money. Amazon's priorities are whacked. Like, someone over there loves Lord of the Rings, but they have no interest in Stargate. And instead of looking at the numbers and realizing that they have this, like, winner on their hands, talk about you do. You want to launch your MGM Plus streaming service? Put a new Stargate show in in in, in the works. People, there are so many fans that will buy that service just to see the trailer. Okay, <laughs> like, bro, come on. And but instead, they're like, no, we're gonna spend a billion, a thousand million, a billion dollars on. Lord of the Rings prequel that we actually don't have the rights to anything anything good with, and we're not gonna spend any money on Stargate. So their priorities are whacked, and they own it now. But I don't know if it's a good thing. I think it might be a bad thing actually. And they had at one at one point they were doing the right thing, like they had like the super high quality brand new remastered version on on Amazon. And then when they launched MGM, they pulled down the remastered. Uh, the, you know, the really high quality version of SG-1, they pulled that down um, and they put up the old version that's like 4-3 aspect ratio, 320 DPI, really bad. And in my mind, I was like, oh, the, so the good version must be on MGM+. Plus. No. They just removed all the good versions from everything. I don't know why they would do that. Like, I was going to actually get MGM+, Plus just to watch high quality Stargate. I had it for that trial seven days, and I'm like, this is the same Stargate. It's it's the same content. So I canceled it. So they they have the good copies, but they're holding them. For some reason, they're withholding them from the public, and I'm not sure why. Hmm. No. It, have they released these remastered ones like on a, on a physical media? No, because I would buy them. Yeah. Okay. I would buy them hmm. if they had. Um. I want I want SG one in in um at the very least 1080p letterbox. Not that four three aspect ratio. And it was shot on film, like they have the ability to do it. We we watched it. I watched SG one for about a month and a half before they took it down. It was in there in it in all of its beautiful letterbox glory. Um and they just removed it for seemingly no reason. I would I would just love to have one meeting. One meeting with Amazon. I'm like, so why did you do this? Why did you do that? What was the thought process behind this? Why a billion dollars? I I need to, I need to ask questions. <laughs> I want someone to logically explain as to why these decisions are being made, because none of it makes any damn sense. It doesn't make sense monetarily. It doesn't it doesn't make sense for it doesn't make sense at all. Like there's no reason for anything you're anything they're doing. It's just. It just seems like it's random. Like, like there's an algorithm doing things to see results as it's learning. Like, not humans making, you know, deductive reasoning decisions. Oh, John Burns? Oh, the Indiana Jones pitch meeting drop? That's cool. I'll check it out. 
Thank you, John. The 279. I do like that guy. John Burns. Brian, I'm sorry. I told you season four of Dark Matter. <laughs> uh, no, I talked to Joe, um, the guy who owns Dark Matter. And have you seen Dark Matter, Danny? Uh, no. What is Dark Matter? Dark Matter is a TV show created by one of the guys who co-created Stargate. And okay. it's about this crew of like thugs, like criminals, that lose their memories and in the process of losing their memories, when they, as they regain them, they become more of the heroic target type. Because it's a great, it's a great actual sort of look at nurture versus nature. Like just because they were bad people, when they lost their memories, their their experiences crafted them into these like hardened criminals. But without their memories, their their new personas were actually good people. So it's, it's almost like the nurturing part. Their, their nature was never evil. It was the fact that they grew up in these environments that made them such shitty people, you know? Um, anyways, um, it's a great, awesome series. And it was canceled by sci-fi. And the thing is, Joe Malazzi actually still owns it outright. So it's not owned by Netflix. It's not owned by anyone. He owns it. And he's been shopping around the season four, but... No one wants to make a science fiction show, an ensemble science fiction show. It's going to cost three million dollars an episode. So, huh? Well, apparently you can watch it for free on the CW app. So, I'll check. Yeah, it you out. can watch seasons one through three. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you, John. Uh, John Burns. No, I'm autistic like Rain Man. Don't know billion dollars. Yeah, a thousand million. It's a lot of money, dude. <laughs> Michael Nemo for $5. Someone online said that they want Kirk to have his own show again so that they can start telling the classic episodes again, but with a modern take. I mean, to each their own, but like. I, you know, I don't need to see that. Like, if I want to watch the original series, I, I can, you know. I can watch the original series. Like, I don't need them to remake it. No, here's the deal. If they remade... Here's here's an idea, ready? If they remade shot for shot with graphics and modern music, like, I'd watch that. But they're not going to do that. (laughs) Like, you know they're not. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen? And here's here's what, what I suspect. When we do get to TOS... You know what? I'm. You heard it here first. My prediction: when we, if we get to TOS, if Stranger World is not canceled and we actually get to a TOS type show where Kirk is actually the captain of the Enterprise and Spock is his number one, if when we get there, at the very least, there there will be sexual tension between Kirk and Spock. No, I'm, I'm not. You're not. It's not even a joke. Hundred percent serious. Oh God! If we do get there, if we get to that moment, I guarantee you, there'll be some kind of bisexual vibe at the very least. Oh, God. I'm that. just being honest. I, I, I don't. It's not that I want this, but that's gonna happen. If we're, we're in this system, where when you say the word modern take. 
it's usually hypersexualizing someone's entire personality, but like in a way that makes you uncomfortable. And changing like their their entire persona to like evolve around a mental disorder. That is pretty much modern. Oh, here's here's a modern take. Ready? The ship has uh, PTSD and doesn't want to fly into battle anymore. That's pretty much. There's your there's your modern take. I just hate it. It's stupid that everything is about mental health and sexuality, but that's really what it is. Everything is mental health and sexuality, and in the rare instance that's not about those things, then they, then they allude to those things because they, because they have to they have to nod to the audience that they are trying to please. They're not actually trying to please us. They're trying to please their friends that they go to go to coffee with every morning. They're trying to please their neighbors that they go over to, um, you know, uh watch uh, RuPaul's new drag show show or whatever. They, they, they are not trying to please the audience actually watching. They're trying to please their friends. And Hollywood is not like the rest of the world. Like I mean, California is not, but let's go. Let's just stick with Hollywood. Let's say five or 6% of the rest of the world is LGBT. Well, in Hollywood, it's like eighty-seven percent. Okay, it's 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 literally like a flipped demographic. So even if you're a writer that isn't trying to like push a modern take on anything, just being in that environment, you're gonna have other writers and other people that are gonna push that nonstop, and it's exhausting. As someone who doesn't care about any of that, it's exhausting. I know we joke that I'm like non-binary shield on Salty Nerd. Um, <laughs> because honestly, he, he, I, I think the, the non-binary um, gender or whatever it is, is really lazy because like anyone can say that. Like, bro, you can just say you're non-binary and nothing changes about your life except for your pronouns. You still date chicks? Still, You can still be outwardly facing male? Do whatever you want, like, but like you're instantly a protected class by just saying you're non-binary. So, oh, okay, I guess I'm, I guess I'm non-binary. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a free cheat code. Um, and I'm not trying to minimize anyone who isn't or is or whatever. I don't really care. Like, do whatever you want. I'm a libertarian, man. Do whatever you want. Just don't let it involve me. Don't bring it into my house. You go do it over there. Have fun. Go go crazy. Have a blast. Just like, just don't in, just don't include it in everything that I'm watching yeah, all the like time. You, you be you. Just don't shove it in my face or down my throat. I don't. You know. It's like, yeah. Don't shove it in my face, yeah. down my throat, or up my rear end. I don't want it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Like that's. I mark my words. You think, you think I'm joking? Say a joke. If if we get there, there'll be some there'll be some gay you know bisexual. Nah, at the, at, yeah, at the very least, they'll probably turn. There'll be like bisexual. a handhold. There'll be something. There'll be something. I guarantee it. Um, John Burns, two seventy nine, Wheel of Dharma. Ooh, I love the Dharma initiative. Just like Dire Straits saying, "I want my SG one." I want my NBC. What was that? I want my NBC. Thank you, John. MTV. MTV. That's right. Uh, Michael Nemo, 
I only watched the SG one pilot with nudity. Lost interest after that. <laughs> I actually did see that one because I remembered there was Bush in that. Yeah, and yeah, that, but that was on, annuity. That was on Showtime. Though, it, it opened up on Showtime. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. have to try it afterwards. Let me explain, my friend. The first two episodes of of Stargate is very questionable. It is highly contested. And what happened was they got Brad Wright in there and Brad, Brad Wright was making um, um, The Outer Limits. Remember The Outer Limits? Yeah. He was doing The Outer Limits. He's a brilliant mind. And like, you need, you, we're going we're gonna to have you do Stargate. And he didn't want nudity. He didn't want cursing. He didn't want any of that. He just wanted to focus on making a science fiction show. But sci-fi had sold the the distribution rights to Showtime, and Showtime's like, well, now it's a Showtime original, and we have Bush in our shows, and boobs, and cursing, and that's what our members want to see. And they're like, and he's like, no, that's you're, you're this is inaccurate. Like this, this is not the content for that. No, we want Bush. We want as much <laughs> Bush as you can manage. And um. So he was sort of forced by the studio to like write in these weird uh, nudity things where like a lot, there's a lot of nudity and sort of like hyper-sexualizing characters that shouldn't be sexualized. Like, like the, 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 the Jaffa guards, like no shirts on just oil ripping their, you know, just oiled up black dudes. And that was the, that was the request from the studio. Additionally, they also said if we're gonna have a woman, we have you know, a woman on the team. She's got to express her her feminist agenda, so that the audience knows there's a strong character that represents them. <laughs> so Samantha Carter, she immediately like upon meeting her her like commanding officer, she is like. Just because my reproductive organs are on the inside instead of the outside doesn't make me any more capable than you, uh, Lieutenant Admiral, whatever it was. <laughs> and I'm like, so dumb. Now, this is what you this is what you get. Years later, when they left Showtime, those episodes were all re-edited to not include anything the studio wanted. So if that's the case. What's in the newest versions? Ready? There's no nudity. That whole line where she says that isn't even in this show, isn't in in that episode anymore. It wasn't until recently. Maybe maybe it's on the Amazon version, but it wasn't in the the, the sci-fi remakes. wasn't there. All the studio requested stuff were just taken out. And if you watch the version that is just about SG One, and it's not this weird like like sort of like crossover stargate 1.5 movie then it works but that version was certainly jarring maybe that's why i never got into it because I, I my buddy eric and i that's the only episode i watched was a the, the first one and I, I just remember like whoa i was not expecting that in my you know in a science fiction show <laughs> you know yeah it just came out of nowhere right yeah hey one second i think i missed some chats and I want to get those clever before I go into the show. Because then I, cause the Super Chats after that are going to be about... I Probably, hopefully, it's just going to be about Star, uh, this episode of Star Trek. All right, let me let me check. Someone said I missed some chats. One second. Oh, because I'm in the wrong count. 
Alright. I got yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Let me I'll find them right now. Um Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Oh, you know why? Uh, some of these milestone chats don't actually show up on on my software. So I have to go into the viewer activity. Oh. Yeah, Archmage said, Goldsman answer is incorrect. They create a bridge and terror attack in the same episode that didn't exist in R2022. <laughs> All right. So that's a good... That's a good point. Ready? Akima goes, well, we need to, we want to replicate what's going on in real life, so we move up the eugenic wars. So there's a cold fusion center in Canada and a, and a, and a, and a very important bridge exploded, which is like, would be a huge event. That didn't happen in real life. In your own explanation, you contradict yourself. And this is the guy in charge of Star Trek. That's it for Strange New Worlds. Uh, hopefully you came back for the end of the thing. We are going to be talking a little bit. We have some more things to talk about, so don't go nowhere. Uh, can, you, can you let us know? What, what, what are we talking about right now, Danny? Robert Downey Jr., reportedly seen on the Captain America Brave New World set, was one. And the other one was uh, the Indiana Jones uh, yes. dial of dysentery so flop. I'm calling it. I'm, call, I'm calling these new things. I'm calling them, ready? Flop busters. Flop busters. There you go. I they're, like it. They're blockbusters. <laughs> Trademark that. <laughs> yeah. Is there, a, is there a domain name for that? Let me check out. <laughs> um, they're blockbusters that should make money regardless. Like, even if they're bad, even if they have a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, they should still make money, right? Yeah. I'm checking to make sure to see if that's before someone else does. That's too funny. Um, but we're in this new era of 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 movies where I believe that you can no longer guarantee someone bought Flopbusters. Which one of you autists bought Flopbusters already? <laughs> Who is that shit? She is. Um, the thing is this. These movies should make money regardless, right? And I got to say, um, I didn't like Indiana Jones, but I actually loved The Flash. I, You and I are on the exact same page. So I, I don't fully understand. Yeah. I, don't under, I don't fully understand this, this is a reversion to these blockbusters. Well, with The Flash, I, 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 am, I guarantee it's Ezra Miller. It's 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 a hundred percent. If they should but have do done, do normies what they know did, about Ezra Miller? I don't know, man. It made such like the news, like it made normal news, like so maybe. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like there's such a backlash against that actor. They would have done better to do get do the Kevin Spacey thing where they replaced him digitally with Christopher Plummer or whatever. Mm -hmm. you, you remember that? Yeah. When he was, yeah, they should have done something like that or just. I mean, there was just no way because it's a good movie. You know what I mean? It's the only yeah. thing I can think of is that it's the Ezra Miller backlash. It's the only thing. I can think yeah, of. it's a really good movie. Um, yeah, I know the CGI was a little rough in areas, but that never that never bothered me. I don't think yeah. I don't think it bothers most people. The thing is this. Uh, 
I can't wait to see what Oppenheimer and Barbie and Mission Impossible do. Well, Mission Impossible, you know, is going to make a billion dollars. I mean, well, I, mean, I thought the Flash was going to make a billion dollars. I never did. I knew I knew the Flash was going to flop. I just like the, the, I thought Black Adam was going to make a billion dollars. Now I, I did think that about Black Adam. Like it was it was promoted by one of the most followed people on the planet. Yeah. Um now to be fair, Black Adam made four hundred and seventy five million dollars without a China opening. That's pretty good. Yeah. So China is usually uh about, about the same. Like if 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 you're making two hundred million here, you're gonna make two hundred million in China. Um so they never got China opening, which means that the other the other DC films did. So had Black Adam gotten the China opening, it probably would have been right up there with Man of Steel and Wonder What's Woman. the story behind that? Why why didn't he get a, a Black Adam get a China opening? Cuz uh, China hates David Zaslav. Oh. oh. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of reasons, but like a big reason is David Zaslav is sort of like almost like a Donald Trump when it comes to the way he operates. Mm-hmm. Um, he runs, fa- he moves fast and he breaks things and he doesn't really care if he gets in your way. He has a goal and like his goal is to make, you know, let's, let's say his goal is to make this profitable and he doesn't care about feelings. He's just going to cut all this stuff that doesn't make it profitable. Um, he he removes the cancer and he installs people that he thinks have the ability to maintain something long-term so that it pumps up the numbers that they can either sell it off or, or maybe he's just successful in his endeavor. I actually respect David Zaslav in the sense where he is able to completely divorce himself of, of the social aspect of business and just run the machine. The guy is, he, he, he does business the way you would play a video game. Like if there was a CEO simulator, Mm-hmm. That dude is a, is like the he's he's the best player of that, um, because because like it doesn't matter if 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 someone is uh, close to someone else or the politics of the situation he'll he'll axe I call him the axe man because he acts he'll axe whatever is requiring a vaccine. Except the Flash, apparently, I mean, he's got a lot of egg on his face with that movie. I mean, that's like that's a huge loss. For, I mean, the the that. thing is though, it shouldn't it shouldn't have been. I agree. So why aren't um, people watching the movie? So like even Ch- Chappie's like in the chat says he's still not going to, even though we're saying the flash is good, he's still not going to watch it. So Chappie, if I may, is it the Ezra Miller thing? Why you, you don't want to see it? What chat are you I mean, saying? Am I not seeing? Um, this is the members only chat. I've got them both. I got the, you know, three oh. monitors. Oh, going. I see it. I see it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, let yeah. me know what you think if you're still around, Chappie. But like, I, I don't know. I, I thought, it, as much as I dislike Ezra Miller, I'm, a, I, I, I have to give him credit. I mean, he gave a good performance. He made me cry a couple times. That end scene with his mom and the in the yeah. shopping market. I, Lord, that guy. I do not like uh, Ezra Miller. I don't like the man. I think there's something wrong with him. Oh, yeah. um, understatement of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, but. I'm not when I go to watch it. I'm not watching that movie thinking. I, I, I never watch a movie thinking about how much of a dirtbag the actors are because, like, boy, there there are so many movies that you wouldn't be able to watch if you knew details of actors. 
Like, right. So I've, I've known stars. actors that are complete and utter trash bags. Yeah. And, and, you know, you wouldn't know that Ethan Pock is Ethan, Ethan Peck is a trash bag. He is. Um, I'm not going to let yeah, it, play Spock. Yeah. I'm not going to let it change yeah. my opinion of Spock, but the actual actor is a dick. He's a massive dick. Yeah. Now Anson Mount is one of the nicest actors I've ever met. You know, again, that's not going to stop me from criticizing him though for, for his cooking and hair and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What they notice the hair kind of like, uh, Everybody loved his hair, but this season it's they've brought it down. It's not it doesn't have that that pop to it like it used to. Right. Um I'm sorry, I, I missed something. Oh no, you're you're fine, man. But the the Indiana Jones thing though, that to me is kind of surprising, kind of not surprising. Like cause one, it just wasn't good. But two, you'd think that like with the Indiana Jones name, mm -hmm. uh, Harrison Ford, and John Williams alone, uh, you'd think it would have had a decent opening. But it, it just it, it didn't even get 60 million. So uh, I have a the theory about it, Kathleen Kennedy. I feel like Kathleen Kennedy needs to be fired. And let me, yeah. let me explain. Yeah. Not because she makes bad movies. Um, or because she's damaged properties, I'm not. I'm not in that same camp with people. I don't really. I, I don't really know which way to think. But I can tell you, business wise, she's only ever failed Disney. Yeah, and she the, loses the money. People go, like, well, it's because the cultists out there that hate her, that promote people not watching the movie. I'm like, well, maybe it is. Maybe it's the maybe it's the cultists that hate her. Maybe it's. That she makes bad movies. Regardless of how you play it out, the results are the same. Either way, it's a loss for Disney. So you gotta say, like, there's you you can't keep you can't keep the Kathleen Kennedy, even if you like her. Um, even if you think that's not her fault, the movies are bad. Bottom line is the results are the same. So far, without fail, it's just been Failure after failure after failure. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got to go. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, she's got, she's got blackmail pictures on somebody. I don't know. Like, cause I, I, she's lost so much money and she's damaged. So like these, this is like the last franchise she had to, to destroy the left on her bingo card, I guess. I don't know. Well, you know, you know what the, the crazy thing too is like, I'm looking at, um, like she really has damaged these things to the point where they are almost unrecoverable. Um, and I think I'm okay with that now. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone was doing star Wars correctly after the original movies. I know. People, I don't know, man. Rogue, Rogue one's good. I like rogue one a lot. Rogue one so. was good, but it wasn't, it was a, it was more like in a, in the star Wars universe than star Wars, you know? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. part of the Skywalker saga or whatever. Um, I got this thing though where I'm like, everyone I know people still like the prequels, but dude, listen, like, do we have all my, do we all have like some kind of like Stockholm syndrome? Because the the, pre the prequels were not good. Yeah, no. I think that's just nostalgia. People looking through rose colored glasses, not remembering how terrible they, they are. I I I, I went to go watch. I was gonna watch Star Wars chronologically with my kids. Dude, I couldn't get to the first movie, dude. It was just 
to me, it was just so boring and poorly done. Um, I just couldn't get through it. I didn't like it. Um, I know people do like them, and they are better than, like, say, eight, eight or nine. Um, but not by much. Honestly, not by much. I think that's just yeah. nostalgia. You know, time yeah. softens, uh, you know, rough edges. Just like, just like rivers moving through a canyon, time will soften the the rock, the rocky, you know, sand and all that. Same thing with movies and TV and stuff. Time softens sometimes how bad things are, and um, but only if you're not like me and you don't constantly watch it. You know, I, I watch these things nonstop. So like maybe that's why time doesn't. I don't, I don't allow time to go past long enough. You know. <laughs> I know we have the member show time stop by hour. I'll, I'll push that back until we're done here. All right. So um, let's. So speaking of the flop buster, here's here's my theory. My theory, and it's going to be confirmed with Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Oppenheimer, period piece. Made by Chris Nolan, right, Chris Nolan? Yep. Made by Chris Nolan on IMAX screens. This is so obviously a win for whoever, whatever studio um, uh, greenlit this thing. That should be a no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. So, if Oppenheimer doesn't make a billion dollars, what do you think? I'll be surprised. I mean, unless the movie just turns out to be bad, but everything I've heard about it is it's supposed to be No, no, like... no. No, take away bad and good. Because that yeah. should don't matter, bro. Okay? Yeah. It matters to us, but it did not matter. Pre-COVID, a movie being bad or good had nothing to do with its success rate. Not these, big, not these big blockbusters, right? Well, well, how many Transformers are we on now? Like 13? I don't even know. Oh, yeah. I didn't Lots. see the last couple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this last Transformer movie is not making a money. Why? Why isn't it making money? Why did every other piece of car, piece of trash Transformer make plenty of money? And this one's not. Why wouldn't The Flash make money? Man of Steel, BVS, Justice League, Wonder Woman, even The Suicide Squad made more money. They yeah. all made money. They don't have to be good to make money. They just have to be blockbusters. Right. Okay. Indiana Jones, the fifth movie in a franchise that has spanned since the 80s. This movie should be bringing in man over fist. Even if you don't like <clears throat> Fleabag, even if you're watching YouTube and you know all the controversy, you know all is delayed, let's say you're actually staying on top of it. What are the percentage of people who actually know about the problems that are watching? Come on. It's, it's really low. No, that movie should have, by all accounts, opened up to a $100 million, you know, opening weekend, you know, and it would have back in the day. So what's your, you got me curious now. So what's your, what's your theory? Is it right. So my theory, is it, my theory is going to be confirmed with Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible should be an automatic win. Yeah. Let's look at track history. Every Mission Impossible movie has banked. Yeah. Every single one. Every Tom Cruise movie pretty much banks. Except for The Mummy, but yeah. Oh, The Mummy made money, though. It was bad. His, his, yeah, it made money. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't think it did. I thought it was okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you how much exactly. Yeah, because, you know, back to, I know Oppenheimer only, only cost $100 million to make. Where you got Indiana Jones cost $300 million. 
is probably not even going to make nowhere near its money back. Yeah, and, and yeah the, the, I, mummy I bet you had, the mummy had made four hundred and ten million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. So I. I I, I'd be surprised. Uh, so that's the question. I bet right? you Mission Impossible will be a billion. So Mission Impossible is automatic. It should be an automatic win. If you got the last real movie star on the planet making what's the part one of his final Mission Impossible movie, also spanning a couple decades of time. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer from one of the most prolific directors and writers, Christopher Nolan, of our time, mm-hmm. starring a cast that would would make a theater teacher's uh uh rock hard and you got um you know, these, this this huge should be automatic wins and they're looking at like projections of 120 150 million dollars where Oppenheimer's going to make its money back in the first 3 days right yeah what if it doesn't because my theory is this okay Oppenheimer makes $350 million. That's a win for them because their budget was $100 million. Yeah. It should do a billion. It should. Mission Impossible is going to make $413 million worldwide, including China. Should be a billion. I'm just, I'm pulling the numbers on my, on my butt. Yeah, I guess you, but why, why do you, yeah, I mean. I'm looking at, two weeks ago on Salty Nerds, I was looking up stats, and movie-going audiences were down 40, uh, down to 43, 43% since pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. 43%. Since Damn. that, since two weeks ago, I looked up the same number. It's already five points higher than it was then. 48% loss of moviegoers since 2019. Wow. You think that's well, streaming? Do you think five, it's increased five ticket points prices? in two weeks. That's not a slow progression. That's a death spiral, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a pull up, pull up moment. Yeah. Right? We are just we are they are jackhammering into the into the ground right now. So I think that people don't really care about the movies anymore. I think that having movies <clears throat> like bro, I was gonna go see Spider-Man across Spider-Verse, Sp- Spider-Verse with my kids. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that the, the forking movie comes out in a week on 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 digital. See, that's what I'm talking about. A it's week, a yeah. week from now, so I can go spend a hundred bucks to take my kids to see that movie, or I can spend fourteen dollars on Amazon Prime in a, <laughs> in a week. Yeah, bro, I don't. It's it's yeah. ob, it's ob, it's like. Having this month turnaround time for movie straight, the streaming services, the streaming wars are damaging almost permanently. I think damaging theaters, they're damaging the experience. People are realizing that they don't have to be first because they don't have to wait very long. Now, what was the flip side? Back in the day, it used to be like three, four months, at least six, seven months. Yeah. Disney would come out with a movie. And you wouldn't even know if there was gonna be a home release. They had, remember they had the Disney Vault. If you didn't vault, watch it, yeah. if you didn't yeah. watch it in theater, you might not ever see it again. Period. The end. Yeah. Well, now Disney is coming out with same day releases where it's in the theater and in on on digital for twenty bucks. 
You can own you can own it for less than it would cost you for the single ticket to go watch it. I don't why would you go to the theater at that point? It's like at this point, people going to theaters are the enthusiasts that want to see it three or four weeks early. I don't think there's enough people like us to keep these companies afloat. There just is might be onto something, man. Like now I'm going to have to, and I don't normally pay attention to like box office stuff. Like, you know, like ODB and all these other, you know, Valent Renegade and mm-hmm. those guys. But I think I'm going to, I think there's something to your, your theory here. Uh, so I'm going to keep an eye on those, those two in particular, for sure. I mean, I mean, just look at the track record. What, what movie, when was the last, what was the last movie that made a billion dollars besides Mario Brothers? I was going to say Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, now, why, yeah. why did Mario Brothers make a billion dollars? Oh, that there's so many different reasons, but I, I think because that it, mostly because every it spans single so many. Right, it's, yeah. it's, it spans three generations of people. I mean, dude, if when 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 you have a property, your camera quality is so bad right now; it's incredible. I'm sorry. <laughs> when, when when you have a when you have a property, an IP that spans and and crosses into three generations of people, then it's an automatic win. Like you, you, you can only fail if you insult them at that point. And that movie didn't insult anyone. In fact, it celebrated itself and it celebrated our love for it. And it showed you every generation. It showed and you. And it didn't have an agenda. It was an agenda driven. Right. Have all the, so let, let's know. see, let's say, you know, dad went to go watch it and you, you, you think he's not coming back with his kids the next day. You don't think he's telling his buddy, Oh bro. You know, they had this thing in there. They had this. So the word of mouth was was real big. I wasn't going to go watch the movie. I was going to wait. But then Shane saw it and friends of our online were like, well, it was really fun. And I'm like, well, okay. Then I tell my kids. Um, there, That movie is special in the, in the way that it spanned three generations of people and it crossed into every single like sort of zeitgeist, into, into every part of the zeitgeist and it allows you to, it connects with people to the point where it doesn't matter if it's too expensive or their problems with this actor or their problem with this reviewer or whatever. It's more like, this is just, it's a cultural moment. Black Adam wasn't really a cultural moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Flash, I think, was great. It wasn't a cultural moment. We had already seen super speed on TV, on, on movies, and I, I would argue they probably did it better. In the, in I the, really thought in the first. I really thought Michael Keaton would have made the difference, though. Michael I mean, Keaton really... should have been the cultural moment. It's Batman. Yeah. It's my. It's all. It's my Batman. The Batman I grew yeah. up with coming back after all this time, and I. I thought. I thought it was, but it wasn't enough, because. Yeah. Remember this, bro. That's our generation. Yeah. Right. That's our generation. That's not. That's not my dad's generation, and that's not my kid's generation. Right. So you are you're getting one generation of people who also awful happen to we just happen to dominate the YouTube space, which which effectively puts us in this like weird chamber of of this echo chamber where we're all like we want to see Batman and everyone agrees we want to see Batman, but we're not realizing that it's only our one generation. My kids don't care about it. 
Yeah. Uh, my my my. I have a 22 year old friend, a guy that works for me. He's a good guy. Um, I tell him, hey, you you want to see the Flash? He goes, oh, I'm probably gonna wait. I'm like, oh, I thought you liked comic book movies. He goes, yeah, but this one's not really connected to anything, and like, this isn't, and they don't even have the real Batman in it. They have some old Batman. I'm like, some old Batman? <laughs> Blasphemy! <laughs> I almost, dude, I almost punched that guy in the face. And to to this 22 year old guy, Ben Affleck is Batman. You understand that? Wow. Yeah. To him, that's his Batman. Think about it. it oh, goes I, back... Well, then he's really going to hate the Flash. Well, well, bro, so he's 22, though, right? He yeah. he literally, his formative teenage years was Man of Steel. Right? 2014? This guy, this guy was like, he's 22. So how long has it been? It's been 10 years. So he started watching the, the Snyderverse is his movie universe. Yeah, yeah, it was ten. You know, when he started it. Right, yeah. and so the Flash comes out, and it and it has some people he's never even seen before, and for from his point of view, that that's a bad idea. It's not that it's a bad idea, but from his point of view, it is. Why is there no Ben Affleck? Why isn't that the real Batman? That's in his mind the real Batman. That's what he said. Oh wow! So you have these cultural moments like Mara Brothers who. It literally hits every generation of people from my young 12-year-old twins all the way to my dad who remembered, who remembered playing the Donkey Kong game at an arcade. You understand? Yeah. Three, three to four generations of people right there, bro. Spanning yeah. anywhere from eight years old to 60 plus, 65 years old. And you have, you, you capture everyone. Yeah, cultural. Well, what do you? So, what was your the, theory? Wait, wait, right before that, the next movie make a break a billion was Maverick. Yes, Top Gun Maverick. Yes, cultural moment. Yeah, you have a legacy. The legacy sequel done right, in my opinion. Right. Well, see, see and there's it. it that's it's not, it. Doesn't even matter if it was, yes, I agree with you, but it doesn't matter if it was done right. The legacy sequel makes it sort of an automatic win. The word of mouth makes it a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. So Top Gun Maverick comes out. It gets enough people to get the ball rolling. Its quality is what gets the ball rolling for the word of mouth campaign that makes it a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. You can lie to me all you want with your bullshit Rotten Tomato scores and your, uh, <clears throat> for some reason, Tom Cruise saying how great the Flash was. I'm not even sure you remember that. Yeah, None of that matters. People have to hear it from people they trust. Either they hear it from people they trust on YouTube, like us, hopefully, or they hear it from their buddies at work or at school, whatever. That's yeah. what they're buying. They're willing to they'll spend the money. But someone's got to tell them two weeks ahead of time that Picard Season 3 is a decent, 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 uh, a good watch. You know? Yeah. Like, how many people are just so, uh, what's, what did Michael Nemo say? Yeah, I'll, I'll read that. One second. How many people are so um, just utterly defeated by oh. by the by the by movies not caring about them anymore that it requires the buy off of someone else that took the risk before they'll take that risk? You know. Yeah. So Michael Nemo says something. <clears throat> I can't put it on chat because it's in the other room. He says, "You think it's a weird flex to see articles saying Indy was defeated by a Christian movie 
than just to say indie was uh, surpassed by a smaller film. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't What ex- is this uh Christian movie called again? Cuz my mom texted me about it, said it was good. Oh, uh, Sound of Freedom. Great. Sound movie. of Freedom. Is it? Okay. First off, Christian movie is a bit it's re- reductive. I'm not trying to reduce Christians. Right. But the movie just cuz it was made by a Christian person and it has a message of morality doesn't make it a Christian film. Here we go. I'm Christian. And I don't listen to Christian music because it sucks. I don't watch Christian movies because they suck. The second you put the label of Christian on something, it probably means it's going to suck. No offense. But they're just not quality. They bank on the fact that there's not a lot of them to make... Uh, to make to get Christians to watch them, Christian music is usually recycled from actual good music, and they just put they put Christian names in there, and so it's not very good. I watch movies and TVs and music that inspire me, despite what their label is. Right, Sound of Freedom is a movie that had me in tears by the end of the movie. It's a powerful film and it's a true story. It's a true story about something that's going on right now. And so, and and so many people won't talk about it. They won't address it because it's, it's, it's an uncomfortable topic. Um, it won't make, it's not going to get headlines on CNN. It's not going to make them, it's not going to make clicks on YouTube. No one wants to sit there and talk about how millions of children are being trafficked around the world on a daily basis because it's not going to make any money or get any views. This movie was made by Jim Caviel and another Christian dude. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying Christian as a reductive term. That's because that's what the articles all say he is. But people that are passionate about spreading the word that God's children are not for sale. Period. The end. These are children. Leave the kids alone. That's basically this is what the movie a tr- is. So this this is. I, I'm just. I just read the because uh, I I, <clears throat> I didn't know anything about the movie, and I, so I just read the little blurb from IMDb. Former government agent turns vigilante. You know, blah blah blah. And this is a true story. True story. Wow. It's a true wow. story. The guy is still alive. Um. After he saved like 115 kids, um, he went. He came back to the states and he testified before Congress, and he 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 basically bullied a bunch of soft pansy politicians into enacting new rules and laws and like sort of standard operating procedure that would limit. Um, the ability to traffic kids and to enhance the ability for uh, these agencies to find them. Um, it's honestly a really good movie. I don't normally like these kind of movies. I like movies that are like, look, I like movies that are like action adventure and explosions and yeah. there's a little bit of that in here, but not much. Um, this movie really is a, it's just a story. It's not, they didn't, they didn't amplify the, the exciting parts. Oh wow! The it's guy the, and I share a last story. name. That's crazy. The the 
the Jim Cavizio character, Mira Servino character, they, they share a last name with me. I wonder if, uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Right. And Jim, and, and Jim is awesome. Um, he's a really good actor. So the thing is, I'm watching this and I'm like, I didn't watch it because it was a Christian film. I watched it because it was 4th of July and I had seen the trailer and I love Jim Caville and I went to go mm-hmm. watch it. Um, like I said, I, I I actually avoid movies that have a Christian title because I know they're probably going to be bad. Um, but this movie was actually really good. <clears throat> really good movie. Really, really t- just a heartbreaking story. Um, it's inspiring. Um, you feel sort of bad for some reason by the time you leave. It's very weird. Like You're like, damn. And it outperformed Indiana Jones? Is that what the chat said? Is that is that true? <clears throat> I mean, that wouldn't have been very hard, though. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. The thing is, uh, um, the movie is really good. I can't recommend it enough. And at some point, I think that Jim Caviel actually breaks in and talks op- just as himself. And he and he tells people, like, look, like, this is a, a hard conversation to have. The topic is really uncomfortable. No one wants to speak, talk about these kind of things. You're going to lose, like, you're going to lose engagement. No one wants to talk on on youtube about like children being trafficked no one does frankly speaking i don't think hollywood wants you to talk about it either they, they there was a weird thing where he was like look for five years we tried to get the movie out and we were blocked for five years they wouldn't allow these movie to come out they had to make so many changes to the story and to adjust and and but they refused to make changes that would that would um um change the story itself but right. like, remember, like, there's actual names of people in there. Like, so like, there's there's legal things going on here too. So here's the deal. If you ever go, if you go to the theater, um, and you want to actually have a good time, this movie is worth your time. A, it's not going to some big giant studio. It's going to a small production team that were willing to lose money just to get this story out there. Like they they literally wrote into into their project that this was going to cost them this much, not this should make this much. Their projection was hopefully we only lose this much. They planned to lose money just to get this, the movie out, just to tell the story. That's really special. Um, And I think that we should support people like that. Yeah. uh, So go check it out. Uh, uh, My mom sent me a, a QR code apparently people can go use this code and see the movie for free or you can buy tickets to pay it forward yeah. so others can see it for free so you can actually buy tickets so that uh so you can buy tickets for other people to watch it for free mm-hmm. and uh i did uh i actually bought five tickets for t- tickets after i left it was just too, too good of a movie not to yeah my wife actually made the mistake and and bought she wanted to buy one ticket and bought 10 <laughs> Bro, and I'm like looking at the credit card, but I'm like, what the? F-? Like, it wasn't that good of a movie. movie. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so, man, so it must have moved uh, moved your wife as well. Oh yeah, powerful, powerful. I mean, it's a dude. It's a true story, and like the people, they risked so much to help people they didn't even know. I'm gonna look into. I wonder if I'm it's, related to this Tim guy. It's, dude, <laughs> listen, it's true heroics, dude. Yeah. It's true heroics. It's and it's not the kind of hero story that where the guy has a gun and smoking a cigarette and being all badass. It's just sort of a true story. And the only thing I can criticize is 
I, damn it, I left feeling unfulfilled because I, I, I really wanted to watch a pedophile's head get cut off, you know, or something really bad something, happened. Yeah, yeah. And they don't show you that because that's not important to the story. And this movie is all about the story. Mm-hmm. But boys, I want to see Jim Caviel just beat the ever-living shirt out of a pedophile. Especially after yeah. they set the pedophile up as such an evil person. I was like, we're going to see him get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> who uh who played the pedo no oh, there's a bunch of pedos in it oh yeah. oh god oh there's a ton of pedos I, I was just gonna say it's like that's kind of a risky role to take on too oh dude yeah. there's so many there's a lot of pedos in this movie like yeah. a lot <clears throat> wow yeah well back to um your 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 flop busters theory you know guardians is 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 pushing around 850 million. Do you think it'll hit the billion mark? Interesting. And it's been out 10 weeks. Interesting. <clears throat> it's been out 10. Is it, is it still in the theaters? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. That can't be true. Yeah. Here. Guardians of the Galaxy, volume three. Let's search. All right. Yeah, I can go see it today at Sunset Station at 6.50 or 10.30. I can go to Cinemark, watch it at 9.25. Yeah, I mean, I can also I can also buy it. On so the- far, it's got $838.3 million, so they were oh, a hyperbole. but it's over now. So it comes out on digital today, tonight. Oh, it? does it? Yep. Oh. Well, I'm looking then, at it right yeah. now. I can pre-order right. it for 7-7, which is tomorrow, which means tonight at midnight. So this this is the last week. Yeah. Okay. So it's not so gonna it's get not to a billion. It. But yeah. So this this had a long run though. Honestly, yeah. this is longer than I expect. Ten weeks, a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. that must have been a James uh, James uh, Gunn kind of thing. James Gunn has a lot of control over his movies because he, he writes that in his kind of his contract. You know, you know, it might be also that's the last James Gunn movie with Marvel. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, the, I thought it was a good studios. movie. I, I liked it a lot. It wasn't yeah, bad. It. it wasn't like it wasn't think, the best one, but it wasn't bad either. No. Um but uh and you said spider see these studios are shooting themselves in the foot. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse has made over six hundred million dollars, but you see it's coming out in a week digitally. Right. Like why would they do that to themselves? That's crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, they should run it. Yeah. Yeah. Now my kids are um uh, my my 14 and my 17 year old are artists um and they loved the first movie so they i had i took them like oh you know the thursday you know preview show because they and they it was really cool watching my kids watch the movie because they were sitting on the edge of their seats just like taking it all in that's you know? awesome uh, yeah so that uh there was no way i was gonna be able to wait for that one and and, and you know not Bro, get scolded you, by my children. <laughs> did you look at Fast Ten? Fast Ten box office, okay? Or mm-hmm. Fast X? I'm not. I'm just gonna say Fast Ten, okay? Okay. That's what it is. So Fast and Furious Ten is titled Fast X. Right. Has grossed just under 420 million dollars worldwide. Ooh. And they got a worldwide that's, release. That's not good for one of those movies. Not for one Which of those is- movies. That's yeah. actually this. That's probably the, that's one of the smallest movies that, uh, in the Fast franchise since it came back. Wow. Yeah, some. I'm telling you, man. I think there's a lot to uh, 
these studios, they either got a dude. It only made 128 million dollars in the U.S. God, I can't believe, man, that's a flop. Then that's not good, bro. Without the international release, this movie is a is an absolute flop, a total bomb. Yeah, the international wow. release is what gives it in over 60 percent of its of its of its profit. So. When Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible come out, like, you got to think, is Mission Impossible a cultural moment? Is it, is it, or is it another sequel? It is part one of the end of the, of the, of the, of the franchise, right? Yeah. But what movie yeah. made more money? A, 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 uh, Avengers Infinity War or Avengers Endgame? Uh, Avengers Endgame. Endgame, right? So yeah, in, Endgame. Infinity War was the was the part one. It was the setup to the end of the franchise, mm-hmm. but and it made money, but it didn't make as much as Endgame. So I don't know if the part one people might be willing to wait for part one of Mission Impossible come out on VOD, and then maybe part two is the banger that is an actual cultural moment because it marks the end of a of a franchise, and yeah. pr- probably the retirement of Tom Cruise. Honestly, that would be a cultural moment. But I don't think this yeah. movie is the cultural moment. I think this, the next movie will be the cultural moment. Yeah. Uh, Oppenheimer. <laughs> is Oppenheimer a cultural, cultural moment? I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a good movie. Christopher Nolan makes beautiful looking movies and it's, it's shot on IMAX. But do enough people even care? Do you know enough I mean? people care about you know, the, uh, the Oppenheimer project. And I got to tell you, as someone who is fascinated with technology, uh, Einstein, all this history about that, I don't care. Um, yeah. Like I just, it's, it's not a secret. I already know the story. Now, do I want to, yeah. do I want to hear and see it played on screen? Sure. I'm going to watch it. But like, am I excited? Like, no, maybe not. I mean, I'm excited for the visuals, but like, am I excited for the story? I already know the story. Like, that's the problem. When you make a, a, story, a historically accurate, like, period piece, um, you know, something like something, actual true story, it's, it, you, there's not, there's not, much, there's less people going to be interested because there's, they've already, they already know the end of the story. They know how it ends. They know how it begins and ends. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even, uh, yeah, Archimage Frey, I think you're right. Barbie is probably more of a cultural moment than Oppenheimer. I mean, I don't plan on seeing Oppenheimer, to be honest with you. I'll watch it when it streams, you know, but I'm not going to the yeah, theater. Yeah, I already have tickets. Know. I'm going to watch it. Um, uh, but yeah, I can. I, I understand that a lot of people aren't, that don't really care. Um, or they'll watch it eventually, but they're not going to go out of their way to watch it. Meanwhile, Barbie, that is a cultural That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Barbie is a cultural moment. Barbie is this movie about it's a plastic it's such an odd thing it's it's like it's like the first Lego movie it's like it's just so it's just such an interesting weird thing that I think that the I think the Barbie movie is going to make some bank so I think what what determines your worth at the box office now isn't going to be whether how much money you spent or what actors you got or when you released or what franchise you're a part of. I think it's going to be, is this a cultural moment? Yeah. And, and 
And then if it's a cultural moment and it's good, then you'll 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 get enough people in the beginning that will get the word out and give you your your and your and your finish line. I think that's what's required. I think it's very similar to YouTube. You know, I make I, I've made videos about old episodes of TNG that got like ten thousand views, which is not much for my regular channel. Mm-hmm. And I've made videos talking about a trailer for an upcoming Lower Decks <laughs> that has 100,000 views. Is that saying the quality of the TNG episode was lower than Lower Decks? No, but people like to look forward to things. Mm-hmm. Not everyone wants to be so retrospective. So movies and TV shows that are about retrospective ideas, they need to be pretty far away from home so that the story isn't you know, is is something that a lot of people a lot of people like to more know more about, um, or it's got to do something unique. And I I'm I'm gonna I'm I know that I'm looking forward to Oppenheimer, but I don't think everyone else is. I don't think a lot of regular people are like, I can't wait to see this film. And I and for me, it's not that I can't wait to see the film because the story because I don't care. I've already I know the story. I want to see the visual aspect of it, the art of the filmmaking. I think mean, Christopher Nolan is a genius. Yeah, and, and and here's the thing: if if I were to see it in a the theater, I have to see it in IMAX. Otherwise, what's the point? Might as well watch it at home on my seventy inch. But like, do I want to spend the? I think I think one ticket IMAX tickets like thirty five bucks. It's like yeah. so just on tickets if i want to they they shot shot an imax for the explosions and all that or whatever yeah just just you know um you're gonna spend 35 bucks on a ticket to see a nuclear explosion for like three minutes because the rest of the film was is the rest of the film is dialogue and exposition right yeah so like that's crazy to me that you would spend that much money for that Really, the, I won't. That's my point. I'll I'll just, just, I'm not going to watch an IMAX. But the the thing you're is, not. No, no. Oh, okay. You know, you know, you know, dude. You want to watch an IMAX? Mission Impossible. Black Adam. <laughs> yeah. I watch big movies. You know, I got to be honest. Tom Cruise should be pissed that his movie didn't get, get any IMAX films because Oppenheimer took them all. He should be. The yeah. fact that Oppenheimer's—it's such a vanity thing that Oppenheimer gets the IMAX release for its two and a half minutes of 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 nuclear explosion footage and when the rest of the movie is going to be dialogue and scientists and you know it's, it's i'm sure it'll be interesting but it's not gonna it's not action action adventure film meanwhile you got mission impossible who can't get an imax theater because they're all taken up by oppenheimer and it's an actual movie that would benefit from an imax screen you know yeah anyways um aquaman one imax great awesome loved it Great. Um, was the movie very good? Nah, that's right. But the the theater, like that, seeing it all big on the screen, like that was pretty awesome. Um, I watched uh, Black Adam in 4DX IMAX, and it was outstanding. Um, I was also I also had back problems when I left because it was how much it was shaking the chairs. Oh yeah. But it was yeah, it was cool. So I don't know, man. Um, it's very expensive, and I don't think it's a cultural moment. I don't think Mission Impossible is either. I think the second movie will be. I don't think the first one is. I think you're right on that. I, I, actually, on the second Mission Impossible, I think I think you, I think you're right. You're right on with that. Yeah. Yeah. Frey, 
Archimage Frey. So we're gonna find out though. I I I'm not. I don't know. Look, guys. I I I have tickets to Mission Impossible and I have tickets to Oppenheimer. I do not have tickets to the Barbie movie, but I think <laughs> but I think the Barbie movie might outperform these other movies. We'll see. We'll yeah. See. And well, if I'm right, wanna... if I'm right, that means that next, you know, the next round of movies that are being worked on, they're going to start changing things. They're going to start trying to make everything a cultural moment. And what that's going to do is minimize the cultural moment to the point where that also, that strategy also ends up being ineffective. Because people aren't oh. automatically going to watch a movie just because it's part of a franchise anymore. Bye, uh, Michael Nemo. Thanks for stopping by, bud. Appreciate you. Later, brother. Um, all right, so that's that. Now, one more quick thing. Let's, and this is a good transition. Is we gotta talk about this Marvel thing. Okay, yeah, I got that article up. Uh, all right. Was... So, Robert Downey Jr. reportedly seen on Captain America: Brave New World set. So the new Captain America movie where uh, Falcon is actually. Captain America, which by the way, I got, I understand you're trying to check boxes, but it makes no sense to take an already established superhero and just change his suit. So I'm going to actually disagree with you on this one. This, this is, they did this in the comics. This is straight. No, 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 no. What about the only thing they skipped was Bucky. They skipped Bucky, you know, but that was a necessary step, bro. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Dude, you read the Falcon putting on the uniform in honor of Bucky and Steve was important. You had to go to through Bucky first. He okay. has the super soldier serum. He has the arm. He's the next. He makes some sense. And then Falcon putting it on to honor his fallen friends is what makes it special. Okay. It's not special if he's just offered it to him because. He happens to be black. That's not special. So you think this was just a, a checkbox thing? They were just skipping, like, because yes. they, they they basically turned them into like a buddy cop, you know, that what Falcon Winter Soldier right. uh, TV show? Right. You know? And it makes no sense. Like, he does, he's not super strong. That shield, yeah. heavy as F. He shouldn't be able to, he would not, he would 100% not be able to throw it the way Rogers was. Bucky could have. Yeah. You see, if they had used Bucky first and it became an honorable moment for him to take up that 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 the 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 costume, uh-huh. it would have it would have painted the the audience wouldn't even wouldn't concern themselves with the fact that he, that he's not a super soldier and they would have just been rooting for them anyways because he's doing the honorable thing. But just changing his name to Captain America is okay. is just dumb. They they can't skip Bucky. Skipping right, Bucky, I think you've, you've, sold, you've sold me on your argument, sir. Yes, I, I agree. Skipping Bucky yeah, changes yeah. the whole point. Okay, yeah. Anyways, L- L- uh, Disney is in a serious issue right now. A serious problem. They're in the middle of a crisis. Their movies are not doing well. Just because you own the franchise doesn't mean you're making money. They have two problems. A, they're making the wrong movies in their franchise. They're making movies no one gives a crap about, like at all. No one gives a shirt about Miss Marvels, Okay. You're making movies, but people don't care oh, about. I forgot that was even coming out. Still. You're okay. you're pushing you're pushing your fr- your franchise into a direction that is going to save you money on picking the wrong actors, but you're not actually making movies that anyone wants to see. 
You're banking on the blockbuster aspect of it, which we just talked about as a failing premise. So now you have movies that no one really cares about on a storyline that for a lot of people ended at Endgame. They just gave up after that. Um, you have a franchise that, that is as effective as a YouTube channel that hasn't had an upload in 10 years. It's not, you're not going to get anywhere with this franchise because you've, you've ran it into the ground. And the way you've done it is instead of using the momentum of Endgame, you tried to push that free credit you have with your audience by making one of the greatest content movies of all time, uh, or at least franchises, you tried to push them into a direction that would cost you less. And I'm not going to say it was because it was woke or whatever. Maybe it was. But I do know this. I know that it cost them less money. I know it was less money to tell the story of uh, Kalubla Khan or whatever her name is. Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan. Because that character came out in 2014. That means no one owns it but Disney. The actress is an unknown. You're not paying her very much money. Right. So you're trying to pivot your franchise into a direction that the wokesters would say is progressive, but in reality, it's just sort of cheap. And the audience doesn't want to see it. Audiences, there's no one that cares about the 2014 character, Ms. Marvel. No one. Like, I, the rest of these characters you grew up with, no one grew up with her. So you have that. And you have movies like um, The Eternals. There were, they got, they, uh, the director had so much control of the output that it didn't even fit. It, like, it's hard to even call it a Marvel movie. It feels like a generic science fiction film to me. <clears throat> um, Chung-Chi, they were so concerned with it being uh, canceled before it can even come out that they went so far away from the comic and so far into, um, I just let's just say away from the comic that the movie could have been good, it's fine, but it, again, it felt separate from the MCU. And then you got movies like uh, Multiverse of Madness that does that does follow along with the MCU, except for you better have watched WandaVision or you're screwed. Right. Or you, you would have no idea. Yeah, my son, my 17-year-old son did not watch WandaVision. Uh, had me take him to see Multiverse of Madness, and he hates it. He To this day, he hates that movie. Right. He gets, he gets, he, he gets mad about it. <laughs> because it makes no like, sense that this character that used to be a good guy is all of a sudden the bad guy and, and has kids. Not everyone's yeah. watching WandaVision, bro. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, they're going to do the same thing right now because you have a movie coming out that's going to feature the TVA from Loki. You do know that very few people watched Loki, right? What movie's going to have the TVA in it? Um, uh, that one with, uh, I'll tell you right now. Um, yeah, the time variance story is it's going to be in Deadpool. Oh, Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So it's going to be in Deadpool. Um, it looks like it might also be in the King Avengers King. A couple, a couple of movie things that's supposed to be in. I'm not even sure if that's going to happen now because your King is in prison or in jail right now. He is. 
Yeah. So I don't know what's I going thought, on. I thought he got. I thought he got off of that, but anyway. no, no, you know, he's still in the middle of it. I'm not, I'm, and I'm not sure if it's true or not. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to make a ruling on that because I'm not a judge or a, I don't even know the details. But that yeah. can't be good for you. So you have all these, like this, and I can keep going about this, but like it's just not going well. They're not. They, they wanted to save some money. They made some bad movies. Um, it's not working out, and they allowed a lot of sort of pro- progressive, regressive people to take control over the narrative over there, and it's not good. So, what do you do when you're when your tail spinning? Break glass in case of emergency and pull out Robert Downey Jr. for one more romp as Iron Man. And you see that right there, that's a cultural moment. If you Yeah, le- but like if you legitimately brought back Iron Man's in some convoluted way, that would be a cultural moment. I, I, w- I agree with that statement, but, you know, based off the article you sent me and I read it, um, it sounds like it's probably just a flashback scene, you know, because it's it's a, um, it's just his character driving, you know, fast cars around the White House, basically. Hmm. It was the article that, yeah. Well, so right. they were driving all sorts of supercars. So maybe they want him in the uh, trailer, but they don't but they don't want to commit to bringing him back. Because they want that new Iron Hat character to replace him, and that is the worst character in all of oh, the Ironheart? MCU. Ironheart is the worst character. Mm. Character makes no sense. Somehow she's like this seventeen-year-old girl is just smarter than Iron Man. It's just so weird and cringy. Everything about her is massive cringe, down to her With stupid the... helmet having cornrows. It's cringe. Oh. The chick from Wakanda Forever. That movie was so bad. I I, I managed to kind of forget about it. That movie, <laughs> yeah, that movie was so unbelievably bad. I don't know how. And and, and we got this thing where like no one wants to admit that it was bad because they feel like somehow they're being like anti-progressive. Oh man, Mikey had no problem. I loved Mikey's rant. You remember that? That was an epic rant. Well, it, the, <laughs> the Mexican Iron Man. The best part about that is the bad guy was a literal. Was a Mexican with a literal wet back. <laughs> Who, if he, if you dried him out, he lost his powers. They literally made super wet back. That's what they made. <clears throat> I, uh, um, these are his opinions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I may or may not share them. That's the movie. In the, that. No, the movie. <laughs> In the movie. It's I know, as, man. The Hispanic guy is the bad guy, and how do you beat him? You dry him out. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. No one yeah. wants, like such a bad movie. That's a little on the nose. Yeah. Such a bad movie. It is on and honestly, no one bought for a second that the 75 pound wet sh- shuri was gonna be Black Panther. And she doesn't pull it off. I'm sorry, that moment where like the suit is coming over, all of a sudden she has a a, a, a muscular butt, and you're like, where did that come from? Yeah, she doesn't no, have a just... butt. She's literally like, like, like she's like as thin as my as a broom. She's tiny, that tiny little girl, and I she's she's going toe to toe with. So stupid. Yeah, no, I I. Uh... I know, so, I, I know, know that they were in a position it. where they lost their brother. Um, they lost, uh, no, no, they lost uh, the actual actor, but yeah. that doesn't mean you have to go on and actually make the movie. 
You can just not make or, the movie. Not make the movie or, you know, just I, I know it's not popular, but recast or recast you know, just, you know, and you know what? So old, I don't know if you saw you've got Marvel did got... this, bro. Remember when mm-hmm. when a uh, homeboy didn't want to come back to play uh, uh, War Machine, they were like, OK, well, let's get Don Chico. Or even Edward Norton. Was, or Edward you know, Norton. Yeah, like, you yeah. can recast, guys. It's OK. Oh, John. So John Burns. Yeah, asked, you got three three super chats from John Burns. I don't know if you've seen. I enjoy D and D, and your fan of makes a lot. Okay, yeah. So, baby got back. And you also said Miss Marvel is going up against Chris Evans. Really? No. No, really. Yeah, I don't know what he means by that. If like, but anywho, Andrew, I'll look that up. And he also said, uh, thank you, John Burns. James Gunn is, is in the chair that Kirk was important. Yeah. I think that um like there's certain cultural moments that if, if you hit them, it it continues to propel the franchise in a positive direction. And if you miss them, it's like you know, it's like when you're speed running through Mario Brothers and you you jump a little too soon. And if you made yeah. the jump, you can you can tenure your speed run, but if you miss it, that's the end. And there, there's certain characters that if you miss, it's almost unrecoverable. And I think they've missed so hard now. Like we gave them the benefit of the doubt with Keno and Christmas Cole. We're like, oh, okay. I mean, you had three good movies, we'll give you one. But then with this one, Indiana Jones was just really bad and i think the it was flash, yes the flash really bad the flash had such bad press for so long and coming out and say, <clears throat> it was such a mistake bro why did james gunn come out a week before black adam and say that they were can't that he was rebooting the, the that was the dumbest thing kadish has a really great take on it and i think i think james gunn should have like he said he should have waited a year like he should have done that in January 2024, not January 2023. Right, I agree. Because it it immediately made everybody not care about these DC movies. It, and in the in the true test, you will see because Aquaman was a billion dollar movie. Aquaman right. 2 is probably gonna flop because of this, right. you know. And if he would have came out after Aquaman in 2024, right? Yeah. Then it then if I, I bet you Black Adam. Shazam, The Flash, and Aquaman would have done well still. In fact, the knowledge that he's taking over the DCU and us not knowing what direction he's actually going in would would make us more curious to watch these movies as they came out. Exactly. That's like it was so weird. Instead of him coming that. out a week before that first movie came out and saying, none of this matters. Good luck, everyone. It was almost like he wanted to sabotage it. It felt that way. Or something. Yeah. Oh. And then... And then announcing that Henry Cavill was not back as Superman. That was painful. Yeah, that, yeah. That sucked. I was so excited after seeing Henry Cavill and Black Adam. I thought for sure we were going to see him in. Oh, wow, we were awesome. Yeah, yeah, for me, the final movie for me in the DC, like I'm going to, one day I'm going to collect all these films. And I'm going to have one DC franchise. And it's going to have a span uh, between. Uh, it's going to have uh, Michael Keaton's Batman and probably Batman Returns. Just those two. Right. Right. 
uh, Man of Steel. You know, um, who else we have in there? Probably Man of Steel. Batman v Superman, yeah, but you got to have the Extreme Edition though, because that one's yeah, the, the Extreme Edition. Edition. Wonder Woman, yeah. but not Wonder Woman 1984. That didn't matter. That wasn't even a part of the franchise. Um, Aquaman and the Flash. I'm gonna have those like movies. I'm gonna have those like that's gonna be my collection. I'm gonna call it the the DC Universe, circa 2020. You know. Yeah. And I'm I'm only gonna include I think, the first Batman because the second Batman gets a little wonky. But he's got to be in there so it explains. Like if you're watching my collection, it explains the Flash movie. You know. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. We are going to the members section. Do you guys know how to get there? It's pretty simple. You can hit the link at the top, of the bottom of the screen, or just wait, or you can click the join button and join us there. We're gonna go for another uh, uh, thirty minutes or so over there. We're gonna go. We're gonna get loose. Gonna turn the lights down. I'm gonna get oiled up, and uh, I mean, you know what I mean. Anyway, it's gonna be fun. So come on over, my friends. I'm starting that in about a minute. It'll be on the Unleashed channel, and it should already be going on Prime. Uh, you got anything to say before we split? No, I mean, you know, thanks for having me. Uh, sorry, like the technical difficulties and stuff. And hopefully once I get moved, next time you have me on, I'll, uh, you know, my internet will be a little bit better. I'm going to start uh, calling no, you Pixel Man. Yeah, right. But I had a really, um, no, this was fun. I had a good time. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. Cool. And, and for all of those who stuck around all this time and came back, thank you very much. And if you haven't already, uh, please uh, subscribe to my, my YouTube channel. And it's, I'll put uh, the link down in all these videos. Yeah. So a couple things we we did release a video this morning um, about the alternate timeline. Go check it out if you haven't. Share it and like it. Do all that stuff. Comment on it. Give us that traction. Um, I will be back on. Oh no, I will not be back. Actually, I'll be back on Sunday. I'm I, I, uh, assuming everything goes well. I should relaunch PPH on Sunday. And other than that, I think that's it. So Sunday is pa- popcorn power hour. And we're not doing Raw Rant this Monday, so. You doing the Saturday show? I don't know, actually. I might be doing okay. the Saturday show, but, like, I got some news during this show that might change that. So I don't know yet. If okay. I if I do, I'll make sure to put it out there. So it looks like the next time I yeah. see you guys is going to be on Sunday. Come on over to this the member section. We're going to continue this party, but I'm going to turn the lights down and, and get something to drink. Love you guys. Thank you. <laughs>